Good evening, listeners and podcast fans. It is Cinematronics of Do You Expect Us to Talk fame, and I am, of course, hosting another episode of Do You Expect Us to Talk. Uh, and it, that means it's commentary time yet again, even though we just did one, but, you know, screw it. Uh, we're returning back to Bond, and this time it's Rebecca's choice, isn't it, Rebecca? Hello, yes, I'm taking you back to 1987 with The Living Daylights. Cool, I thought it was going to be some Merchant Ivory bollocks then, which is like <laughs> Well, it does have Dishy Tim Dalton, but... Dishy! In his role as Bond. Yeah, that's my word du jour at the moment. I seem to use it a lot, I don't know why. Because you're... Special. <laughs> Female listeners of Do Space Talk, do let us know if you also find Tim Dalton dishy. Yeah, my perception has always been he's one of the least fancied of the Bonds. Hmm... Female listeners, do you agree? Because <laughs> you often hear blokes who aren't into other blokes. So heterosexual men will often say, oh, Timothy Dalton's... Uh, no, Timothy Dalton. They'll say, Daniel Craig's like too rough. He's not attractive. He's not smooth. And women fucking uh, get wet over him, right? <laughs> women love Daniel Craig. As well. um, Daniel Craig, I'm on about. Oh, Timothy, Craig. Timothy Dalton, I've never, never, seen played really, never really seen women like talk up at all. But then he's less in the public eye, though, isn't he? So, I mean, he's only, what, only done two Bond films. He, he's kind of almost, like, get gets less talked about in mainstream terms. He does. So, yeah, sure, but he I've, I've never read him. anyone on Twitter saying just, you know, played with myself to, like, Tim <laughs> Dalton on Penny Dreadful or something. I mean, they might do now because he's in a bit more stuff and he's a bit older as well. So he's, he's got, got a new series through. coming out as well, hasn't yeah. he? So. He's so sexy. My, he's so sexy. My fuzz was hot. <laughs> I can't wait to get around to that series. It's going to be so much fun. That is one of my absolute favourites. Edgar Wright is on the list. Yes, a short but sweet series. I, I, I played I with my wait. penny, then made it dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a story to keep to yourself. What you do with your penny is. Uh... <laughs> I know yeah. this. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll, I won't tell you where I put my penny to make it dreadful here. Let's just say if it was on the money. But hey. anyway, if you've got hot fuzz, write to us and expect us to talk at gmail.com. And if you don't, drop us an email. Yeah. Also, a special hello to Ken. Um, apparently, he thought we were Welsh because we can't do. Let's specify we mean Ken Mirza, not just any random Ken. <laughs> I was trying to preserve his anonymity, kind of, but you're like, no, Ken Mioza. Well, yeah, but you came up with his name, but not his full name, to be fair. No, good old Ken. Yeah. No, um, yeah, so we'll have to... Well, we could change it. What about... Oh, so we've just had a message from Ken Samosa. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Formosa. Asking if we're Welsh, which is not the sort of usual fan interaction we get. <laughs> no. Although we've, we've got asking. a range of accents in the show. We've got our... Dave, uh, Dave you're mine like kind of vaguely southern-ish. Mine's kind of learning, leaning into Bristol. I don't know, Trowbridge, Yeovil accent. I can't remember the last then... time I learned into a Bristol. <laughs> Big Bristols. Um, South Wiltshire accent, and then Chris's northern-ish accent. So we're coming from many locations. <laughs> <laughs> or... From England, though. <laughs> Not... All from England, though. So no, the British Isles. I think it was the dead-on Welsh accent we do bizarrely when we're discussing Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Even though he's not Ireland. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's only like the two instances where Bond sound really Welsh is when uh, Tim says, <laughs> "Don't you want to know why?" <laughs> but even it that, comes out every he, so was, he was brought up in like Chesterfield or something. He, he exactly. is Welsh, but like he, he sounds North. It's like, watch the birdie, you bastard. You bastard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sounds sounds Northern English. It comes out uh, every so yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, who's the birdie, you bastard? <laughs> I guess it was the same with Brosnan as well. It's kind of like he's had, I mean, he's obviously born in Ireland, but um, he's had a kind of like international upbringing. He's travelled around a lot, sort of like um, England, Europe. Um, so, you know, he's, and he's obviously lived in in America for, for many years um, so he's going to have a kind of I don't know transatlantic twang to you know to his accent so and I may, you know maybe if he was coming across to, to England perhaps he might have or even to America sometimes um, if you've got a particularly strong accent you're it, you know in some circles you're encouraged to kind of to flatten it try to you know try to get rid of your accent unfortunately um, if anyone tried to get me to flatten my accent I'd be like you burn me. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember going on holiday to California one time and just going around, like doing these star, you know, tours of the stars' homes. And everywhere you'd see posters like, you know, coming from Spain or Mexico, you know, try to get rid of your Spanish accent. And it's like, oh, it's very sad, but, you know, if you might be is, an aspiring. What is that like a sales pitch? Get rid of your accent by. Or, or something like this. that, yeah, something like that. It or... isn't just. Get rid of your accent. Get rid of your accent. A really sure. fucking aggressive billboard. Well, like, you know, accent. Welcome speech. to America. Now get rid of your fucking accent. accent. <laughs> or no, there'll be adverts for like a, a speech therapist or, you know, to kind of help you sound more. I don't know. Or just to improve your eloquence, perhaps. Your, your linguist skills. Cunning linguist skills. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I trained Tom Cruise in Far and Away and Marty and uh, <laughs> J. Fox in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> That's a claim to fame. So, so your expertise is Irish, is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, can you imagine someone promoting themselves on that basis? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that's that, and that's why they only have got two jobs in Hollywood. Cause... <laughs> just those two jobs, that's all. Oh. Now tell me you like Wanna my hat. Want to speak American like I trained <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> God, you know what? I, I just just reminded me of how, of uh, Far and Away. I have to Home and Away. Then um, I was going to say. I've been, been meaning to rewatch it because that often gets slated as uh, as being god awful. And I remember watching it years ago when I was like, well, I was still like a very young teenager and really enjoying it. So I'm not sure whether it's just because the accents are just so bad that it just makes it unbearable, or whether it's actually that that bad a film. I don't know, but uh, I'm quite looking forward to revisiting it whenever I get the chance. Um, just to hear Tom Cruise again. Now tell me you like my hat, <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I wager that's probably a better job than what Tom Cruise did. I think yeah, I think you did a better job there. I, I remember seeing uh, hearings like literally a tape that they used to like train oh, right. on like an English accent or something, oh. and it was someone doing an English accent who wasn't English trying to train other actors. Oh right, interesting. But when they got to like coffee, they literally went coffee, <laughs> like yeah. and I'm thinking the person training them can't even do an English can't even accent. Talk <laughs> so how does that fucking work? So it's kind of like parrot fashion, but not quite through like this weird vortex of hearing somebody else yeah tough hair 
Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's like um, oh, like overdoing the subtleties of it. You know, obviously, I imagine Americans probably um, sort of put more pronunciation onto the, the the first part, like like off the O of it, and when we probably yeah, maybe do the E in it. To I be don't know. fair, I feel what? a bit sorry for anyone trying to do an English accent on the basis that in this country there's a different accent about every four hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah, we do have a lot of dialects, don't we? <laughs> It's quite difficult. Even down in this region, they vary dramatically. Mm, no, you've got so many, haven't you? Yeah. Mm. But it's, it's probably the same in the States, just because it's a bigger country. It's just, like, expanded a bit. So, like, each state's got their own different different accent. Because uh, no, no, in... we're smaller, it just seems like it's a lot more, com- you know, compressed. But really, it's about, it's about the same, really, I would have thought. I was like, even with the state where I... Well, you know, we're staying at uni. I think even between like the northern and southern parts of the state, obviously, kind of the closer to Minnesota you get, obviously the accent would, would change, you know, dramatically. Um, at first, when I arrived there, I thought they, you know they sounded pretty much the same. But then if you tell people that, they would be majorly offended. But yeah, I think there was even di- even differences, you know, travelling around the state. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's just it's just a, just a weird thing if you like sort of go up to like northeast and sort of. And, and you know, think someone from Millsborough's talking, um, talking like someone from Newcastle, they get pissed off and go like, "Fuck off." I do remember yeah. one of the the Star Wars featurettes or something. One of the crew said that they, when they heard uh, uh, David Prowse on set talking, they were like, "Who's this Scottish guy?" <laughs> Fucking Scottish. Well, no. <laughs> So yeah, it must confuse people, but uh, there you go. Anyway, what's this got to do with Timothy Dalton knobbing Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> that was really random. That's one of those Hollywood hookups that you think, huh? Yeah. Well, clearly, you know, they enjoyed a special time together, I don't know. Because that would have been Rocketeer time as well, like 91, 92. Yeah, that's a good film. It's alright. <laughs> it's got Tim Dalton in it. It's fine. Well, but anyway, this has nothing to do with Dalton. The Living Daylights. The Living Daylights, you say? 1987's Bond film with the first appearance by the great Timothy Dalton? Yes, that one and the same. What made you choose this? Uh, I just plucked it out random out of my head. Um, no, obviously we've not done it yet, is the main, is the main reason. Um, but yeah, I think, I think yeah, n- number one, we haven't done it yet. Number two, Tim Dalton. Number three... Still kind of my favourite, uh, even though I do now thoroughly enjoy Even though you ranked it 13th. Even though I ranked it 13th. <laughs> <laughs> of, of, of the two, this is, I don't know. The, like, and it, you ranked the other one 7th? Yeah, this is it's, it's gone with, down, uh, they switch faces now. This is the problem with, uh, this is the problem with uh, recording with someone with a really good memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my ranking has changed now. It's, it's different to what I said many, many moons ago. Oh. It, it goes up and down. It changes all the time. I mentioned it. Oh, back it then. doesn't. It's definitive. You laminated it. We don't want. To I laminated it. All right. Where did I do that then? We don't want to shortchange our listeners. Send me a copy, we please. Go, no, that's what they think. I'd like to see this laminated copy. Even though I pussied out when I wanted to give Goldeneye more of a kick in than I did. Oh, they ranked it higher. Um. Also, cello playing. Um, glow hopping. Cello playing. Cello playing. <laughs> Just this cello. Um, I've got to get it in there because I play cello myself. Uh, how many reasons is that? That's now? fun, oh, folks. That's fun. Five facts, y'all. Um, Jobby Davies, he's always good. 
good value. Um, All the years but... I've known you, and I don't remember the last time you like parted your legs and had a good twang. But <laughs> uh, no, I didn't know you played cello. Uh, yeah, I played it through school. Um, I've not played it since, sadly, because it's very expensive. So um, when you say you play cello, we're a bit mixed up on our tenses there. <laughs> Sorry, I have, I have played the cello whilst I was Given you're the incumbent Batman, uh, that's some years ago now. <laughs> Many years ago, yes, definitely. Um, no, there was... Um, I was the only one in the school to play it. There was no uh, string quartet at the time, so I had to learn along with our school wind band. Um, so I did all the concerts and everything, so it was obviously... Um, wind band and there was the one lone string instrument at the end and uh, it was me um, but yeah and then literally as I was I left many years ago um, as I was leaving those two of the girls and they picked up the violin and they were like oh we should have a string section I was like yep yeah, I'm going bye so I think now they've got their own little string section which is quite good um, but yeah for the whole five odd years I was at school I was the only one to do it so so yeah, who else has he been with? Uh, is there a Mrs. Dalton, do we know? I have no idea. He's very he's, he keeps himself to himself, doesn't he's he? He's a very private man, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, in fact, you, you still see debate over his date of birth. Does he have children? Uh, I don't know. No, because the woman, he, the, there was a woman he was with who had a child with uh, Mel Gibson. I think she had a child with him as well some years before, yes. I think That's not the random hookup, isn't it, as well? Eighteen or nineteen. you don't expect them to get together. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, I've got no problem with it, but it just seems very odd. I'm just hoping she didn't just sort of see the box office decline for Bond and just decide to slip over to Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Maybe. That wasn't that wasn't uh, the reasoning. No, you know? yeah, because okay. like Lethal Weapon Two was like a huge hit the same year where. I uh, know. I'm just killed. wondering if she's now like desperately hitting up Vin Diesel. I <laughs> hear <laughs> 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 your franchise is doing very well. Who am I fancying to speak right? Mm. Uh, she dated Vanessa. Uh, sorry, he dated uh, Vanessa Redgrave. But did she? <laughs> um, yeah. Dennis D. Lewis, Kate Fitzpatrick, Whoopi Goldberg, and um, yeah, I can't pronounce her name. So it, it, it sounds kind of Russian esque. So they'll give some. Oksana, somebody yeah. or other. So. The Waxana Troy from Star Trek: The Next Generation. No, 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 not not Tiana Troy. No. Alright. Well, I think. People must be, you know, getting moist with anticipation now, the way we've really teased tonight's commentary. I'll have to do those plummy accents as well for, for Ken. I don't quite know why. <laughs> <laughs> plummy <laughs> accents. Plummy accents. Oh, hello. Thank you for listening to the Detective Talk podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Jumbly Warner. Ken visits his famous famous favourite podcasts. Not, not something I've done, to be honest. I've never turned up at, like, Kermode's house and said, I'm a fan, can I stay? Hi. <laughs> oh, Kermode, talk movies it, you know. for me. Yeah. Do that yeah. thing with your flappy hands. Something anyway. I probably wouldn't say to him in real life. Okay. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Let's. Let's do film. this. Let's go. So, uh, as always, we are watching... Well, we're all actually watching in the same format for... Which, Makes a nice change. Um, yes, we all have the DVD, uh, the Blu-ray even, and I'm on initiate mission, ready to go. Okay, uh, I'm the same. So on three, we shall initiate the mission. Uh, one, two, and three. And here we go. Yeah. Hopefully, I did it a little bit earlier, taking into account my really slow games console. 
Oh, I just left it a couple of seconds to take account of you. The, the, really the, slow. the, the UA signal symbol has just filled the screen now. Yes, I have that. Good old UA. United Artists. Yeah. See, when I see EMGM, I think Bond. And when I think you see United Artists, I think Rocky. I think Tom Cruise. No. Good old Tim. What do you reckon to Tim's gun barrel? I like it. it, it he's, he's against... He, firstly, he looks like he's crouching for a shit. <laughs> and secondly, the paint behind him is like too cream in colour. It Brosnan does look a little bit better. <laughs> That's the only thing about Brosnan that is better. But... Is it? It's just a little bit too old-fashioned. Like it needs to be updated just a little bit. I just think, why is he slightly squatting? Yeah, it does. does he want to? I mean, you could put, you could, want to kneel? I don't you know. could put a fart noise on that. Right. Perfectly timed, <laughs> you know. Now Robert Brown plays off Timothy Dalton way better than Roger Moore. I think he's a, he's a good um, um, for the era. I think. Do you think that's probably because um, with it, with with he coming in uh, like sort of at the tail end of Roger, that he, so when he gets a, a new actor, it, it's kind of like oh, right, fine, I can get into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the in between person, isn't he? I think that Brown. I've I've never I've never been able to verbalise why I don't like him as much as Bernard Lee. And I think some of it is, I don't think he's got... Bernard Lee, under quite a gruff exterior, has got a bit of warmth about him. And Robert Brown doesn't. And that plays much better off Dalton's Bond than it does like Roger Moore, serious, Roger Moore's kind of, fucking yeah. about. Yeah, true. You kind of get the impression that this that this guy's all business. Even, even, even like Desmond Llewellyn as Q is like absolutely reinvigorated by having a change of Bond. Mm, definitely. I love this introduction. I can't remember which podcast it was, which was pointing out that with Desmond Llewellyn's hands, he's the only man. He's he's, he's built for perfectly for doing forced perspective. Oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> he did. That is true. Answer. I mean, when when, when he went he to play medical himself, condition he, or something like that. When he went to play with himself, he must have been so disappointed. You know, he must have been. <laughs> oh, this just looks rubbish. <laughs> There's nothing in comparison. Nothing what I've seen in the photo. So, so basically, you say he's like the, the polar opposite of John oh, Beadle. Just like... Yeah, I found out today. Out of it. Robert Bathurst from Cold Feet screen tested for Bond. Here. Oh yeah, I was gonna say other people playing Bond at the thought, time he included. Said they, he said they thought he, they, he was. He thought his time was being wasted just to put pressure on Dalton to say yes or no. Oh, what a shame! That was you know Bond that could have been. Robert Bathurst would have been a rubbish Bond, to be fair. He's a bit of a smoothie, though, isn't he? I think he would have been a very much like a Bond in the vein of Roger Moore, but he well, couldn't yeah, have got it done the. But not not as good, obviously. No, he wouldn't have been any good. Now these two guys were cast to be a little bit like um, uh, the two agents here were meant to be in colouring. They were meant to evoke Connery and Moore. They don't look nothing like either of them. Though. No, meant to have that kind of edge, like dangerous edge to them. So who's this meant to be? This is meant to be Connery. I suppose so, because he's got You're dark hair and on. the other one's sandier. Arg! Sorry, I'm just going to... Ah, I love that, that's so cool. Him, that's a oh, that's a great introduction. Albeit it's an insert from Pinewood, you can tell. Yeah, you can obviously tell. Is that a bit in Fury Eyes only, where they cut to like the top of the top of the mountain? Yeah. To the hideout, and it's like, that's obviously a set at Pinewood. Ooh. To be honest, if they wanted to be more honest, they might as well have just shot Roger in his trailer. <laughs> just, I'll send my just, man to do it. Just, just been sat with like Pebble Mill at one on behind him. Vintage nostalgia. No, 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 I'm in Siberia, you know. <laughs> Drinking my champagne. 
I mean, had, had he did continue on, it would probably just sort of like starring Roger Moore's stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> a younger, fitter man. Silly come the end. I feel quite harsh because I'm writing articles and I'm getting less and less positive as we go on because he looked the part at the start and come the end. It's embarrassing when you can't even do your own fucking fights. It's just this. This is now ridiculous. You should. It was. It was like 112. Yeah. There he is. It's the man himself. It's always a bit awkward that we just sort of move. I think we're about to see the last there. Oh, that God, is the last speeding up I can it's remember in the series. When the car goes over the hill there, that was sped up. And I don't remember that in any Bond film since. We might see it again. You never know. Why would we want to? It looks awful. <laughs> I, 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 I think this, this is probably sped up slightly. You know, we will see. Yeah, just a little well, bit. Well, obvious speeding up then, put it yeah. that way. Actually, speaking of speeding up and slowing down, um, recently attended Secret Cinema, Keanu Royale, and there are quite a f- towards the very end, um, genesis between like Bond and Vesper when they're being chased around the um, the sinking building, um, and Bond's being chased around the sinking building. Even um, I never realised like how many bits of the film was were slowed down, and I was Why like, is that evoking Duncan Norvell in my head? <laughs> chase me! Chase me! Chase me! I was like, I'd never realised that before. So, that's... might have been a glitch in the video. I don't know, but it's interesting anyway. So, what did they do then to sort of evoke the real event? Get your pistons, steal all your money. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Why do I get the impression you've been told not to tell anyone what happens at these? <laughs> you haven't said no, anything. I haven't signed any like NDA or anything like that. But of course, like the event's still going, so I didn't want to spoil too much of it. Oh. Um, and just to you know to to recommend recommend yeah, it. Is... T- yeah, but me and Chris have asked you privately, and you haven't told us, and we're not going. Oh, we can go along. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Um, oh, I, I don't know where to start. Uh, hang on, that's a headbutt. I don't see uh, I don't see this getting a twelve fifteen rating. No, that's true. Definitely. Although... He likes his John Glenn liked his animals jumping out of nowhere, didn't he? <laughs> Well, you know, if you, you go to the Rock of Gibraltar, you're going to see some rock apes, aren't you? You're going to see the rock monkeys, definitely. Um, don't feed them. They'll steal your watches and any other personal effects you might happen to yeah. have hidden away. But yeah, if you visit Gibraltar, I could definitely recommend a trip through the rock. It's really interesting. least of all for the rock apes. Um, but if you're interested in like British and Canadian military history as well, it's a really interesting place to visit. Yeah, and if you're interested in the horse rock of Gibraltar, <laughs> we, can't, we, we can't help you. This is voice, her voice is different on the trailer. Yeah, she one. does sound a little different. Yeah, totally different voice. So boring. I thought she was a poor choice as, as his first uh, conquest. Well, she doesn't figure much in the story. So she looks what? like she should be in like To the Manor Born or something. Yeah, <laughs> Margot. Yeah. That's some very no nonsense, Bond James Bond. Bond James Bond. That's it. Yeah, it, it is. It's not that good. But it's a very, He's, it's a very eighties though. It's very eighties, yeah. and it sums up everything we need to know about him. He Mark O'Connor. I'm sure Mark O'Connor told, told us that's a man's hand there in that glove. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Is it even? A, I don't think it's in the glove. It's just a red light shone on it. All right. Isn't a glove right. to me, but it's, yeah. He holds Morris Binder completely over the hill and with no money or ideas. <laughs> we'll do this cheaply, as cheaply as we can. The problem is, as soon as somebody dies, they're venerated. 
particularly if they did like set a tone for a series, but actually most of his opening sequences are terrible. I suppose when you pair them back, obviously, because now, well, we, we've got the music. I mean, what's it, this? We can't it, hear the music. It, it's, but... it's nostalgia, though, as well, isn't it? It's like, oh, you, you kind of, you, you can't really hate on it too much because you kind of grew up with them. So even yeah. though you objectively yes to crap. I mean, this this is vaguely better than A View to a Kill, just because that was embarrassing. But the bit of her getting like in the glass at the end looks horrific. It honestly should have said "sponsored by Sun Bingo." It's <laughs> so cheap and nasty and shit. See, where's that gun coming? Honestly, just it, it, it. Well, it's it's more where the trigger is. <laughs> oh, so like, so here he's got like a luminous sort of um, effects. Uh, Babes with guns. Right, we'll film a puddle and you two turn around <laughs> point that way. <laughs> you two do this. Go over here. It's like this, reflections. This, this could easily be like Spy Love Me. Spy Love Me's better than this. It's way better timed and way better choreographed and just it's just better. Spy Love Me's probably the best one he did. But even if we disagree on the quality of it, you're right, ten years later. How's he evolved? Not at all. I mean, what's this? Just lie in water like you're a corpse. That'll be sexy. <laughs> we'll have some water just, behind just you. Just have your really nice, relaxing spa. We'll have some, we'll have some light under you. <laughs> yeah. cocoon, like it's cocoon or something. I wonder how it relates to the to the lyrics of the song. The two don't really mesh up for me, unfortunately. I mean, it's an iconic imagery. What's she doing there? Is she just hardcore fishing? I'll just <laughs> fucking shoot the bastards. I think she's she's actually naked. She's actually naked. Oh, what was that? Too late. Whoa! <laughs> and now she is. And, 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 and there, there's a daily sport. Look at that 007 sign. That should be in fucking like Skegness or something. Double <laughs> coming soon. A new Bond location, Skegness. Join us for a free dinner after the bingo. <laughs> Sponsored by Gala Bingo. No, this isn't really sponsored by Gala Bingo. That is a very, 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 like, that's how you pictured. If you'd never done anything but read the books, you'd go, oh, that looks like really evoking James Bond. Although you might not go, ooh, in such a camp way as I just did. Ooh. 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 Oh. Oh. So if you can yeah. play a game of Spot the Producer. No, obviously that's not the producer. I met Thomas Wheatley once. He's a very nice man. No, he's not. He's an officious twat. I've seen him in this. <laughs> yeah, he's he's actually lovely. He's yeah, a really he's nice man. See, I don't know why Timothy Dalton doesn't do it more for women because those eyes are fucking steel. He loves it, doesn't he? I think he's less smooth. Or, he doesn't yeah. have the film star quality of a Craig. I'm not saying he's worse than Craig, but Craig just commands the big screen in a way this guy doesn't quite. But okay, real, he is kind of smouldering. I think smouldering is the right word. What? Yeah, I'm sure Michael G. Wilson is there somewhere. Yeah, I think we see him near towards the end as well, don't we? Yeah, because he's such a star. <laughs> I love, that he has, I love that he has cameos. I think that's fine. I hate it. hate it. I love it. I think it's great. The, the, I think it's self-aggrandising shit. The, the man is, is so, nothing in the eyes. Of cameo, then, do you feel the same about him? 
No, because Hitchcock was a fucking superstar. Michael G. Wilson's fucking nobody to the general public. Oh, it was, it's fun to spot. You know, it's his film. It's his family's I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not the it's director. It's, it's pissing on the director. The thing is, though, if it was... if it, Nothing to do with it creatively. If, if it was actually, like... Actually broccoli. Uh, actually, you know... Um, a piece of broccoli. Yeah, a piece just of broccoli. A piece of broccoli. Just one of the chairs. In like yeah, a little, yeah, you know, like you know, he's wearing a tux, if, a little mini tux. If it was like started by the original, the original producers, yeah, I'm sure like, yeah, Brock, if Harry Brock, Brock, had done it, know, then they carried it on. If yeah, they would... start doing it out of nowhere, and it's like, who the fuck are you? But then, if Stephen Saltzman had carried it on, he'd want to be like the main, the main event. So I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> I just think suddenly do it from no one. He... He's he's only one of the producers anyway, and he's not mm. the director is responsible for like the film, the artistic direction of the film. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah. It's all good. But the other thing is, occasionally they let him say something, and that's a disaster. <laughs> Consider him slow. I knew you were gonna go there. Out of the film every time. His that's worst one is nice. his worst one is in Goldeneye because they all respond with a big no, and you've got this guy in the middle who just cannot act. Yeah, he just he doesn't do very much. It's, so. it, it's honestly film breaking for a couple of minutes anyway, and then like I re- get reabsorbed into the film and it's fine. But mm-hmm. every time I see him, it takes me out. Every it does, yeah, it does take you out a little bit. Yeah, for Casino Royale, I think his, the, the scene where he kind of gets arrested as the chief of police that brought up quite a big a big laugh at the house. I think it must have been sort of one not so around two thousand people there. Not so bad on that one because he didn't speak. He doesn't have a line, but he's got quite uh, you know. I mean, we used to see Hitchcock trying to get on a bus and that things like that and walking past the window with, with his dogs. I mean, you, or in, you see in a life ref- in there twice. You see a reflection of Peter Hunt in Majesties, and I just think like that—that'll do. But for me, it's direct- that's clever. That's clever, I think. It's director or nobody. He shouldn't be doing it, particularly when you give him lines. Because honestly, for the sake of like, you might enjoy the line. It takes me and a lot of people out of the film every single time. Marmite, it's Marmite. Yeah, and Marmite tastes like shit. <laughs> to be fair, for those of you not in this country, Marmite is foul. That's a well, drink. It's, it's literally... Uh, Bovril. Bovril is yeah. horrid. Well, Bovril, I, don't, I don't like Bovril, obviously. I could stand Bovril. I can't stand I don't understand Bovril. that. the same yeah. thing. They're not quite... They're not, well, but they ones, Marmite's ones, a um, lot more concentrated. Yeah, Bovril's the beef extract and the other one's the yeast extract. Although some science student or somebody, some science students or something at university told me that there's an ingredient in Marmite that like half the population can taste and half can't. And if you can taste it, you don't like it. Basically, Interesting. It's, it's as simple as that. So I clearly ah. can't. So I like it. So, that's I, I, science, I, folks. That's science. Of, of, there's lots of foods I don't like, but I can sort of get my head around how people might. Yeah, Marmite. I can't imagine how anyone would eat that. It's the most disgusting. Fucking What's the ingredient then? I don't know. Does, but I, I, I wonder, fecal matter would taste better. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't mind it. I wonder. I wonder if that applies to other foods as well, because I absolutely can't stand cold turkey. Like once it's been like been cooked and then refrigerated. I no, absolutely, I can't. Really? Is it? Yeah. Is that? Te- is that texture or taste though? Uh, with with te- well, I think a lot of it is texture with cold meats in general, but um, there is definitely like a taste element with cold meats. Turkey is far mm. the worst. Cause it just has a really. And people can people complain we don't talk about the films, but this is fucking <laughs> box office. This is really interesting, actually. It's our show notes sorted. <laughs> Yeast extract, salt, vegetable extract, niacin, thiamine, spice extract, riboflavin, folic acid, and celery extract. Celery extract. Yeah, I mean, so it's not, exact it, composition of spread as a trade secret. Yeah, it's not. It's not as if like you know, this is like this is like one of like the the best openers of abundant 
on the Bond film. We picked the the best fucking act one in the series (laughs) to slag off the producer (laughs) then discuss... Well, you you slag him off. I I don't mind his cameos. And, you know, as I say, it is very much Marmite because some people like it, some people hate it. So there we are. The very fact a lot of people hate it means should be there. It's not director. Director or nothing. Let's put it up to a poll. I, oh, and I know, I know who's going to reply. And just to throw a spanner, sort of spanner in the works in regards to this opinion, yeah. I really, Richard, you were I really couldn't care life. less. So, <laughs> uh, normally, if I see a spot him in the background, I think what a load of self-aggrandizing bollocks. But fine. Like in Quantum of Solace, he's just sat in like a lobby reading a newspaper. Fine. Yes, it's really good. Um, I don't mind that. Genuinely, I don't mind. It's when they started giving him lines, and I really was like, "You have just absolutely fucked this scene up." Because like t- tomorrow never dies is camp as a row of pink tents in places anyway. <laughs> but like that it just line, goes consider him slime. Yeah, it ruins ruins the scene. Absolutely ruins the scene, <laughs> and it doesn't and it doesn't help because the the director the director the but the bad guy in that film has no fucking menace anyway so all you do is making it even worse it's funny delicious uh, now this woman best lo- known for the tv show lives and loves of a she-devil yes very iconic yeah although she wasn't as rampantly sexy there as she is here he does a bit of sexing up then... <laughs> yeah, i just love this guy's reaction this is this is like a timothy dalton sketch though uh not Tim. let's try that again timothy dalton like, sketch? A, like a roger moore film sketch where he's just so captivated by boobs <laughs> it, it is quite a um you don't normally see this in in well not just in bomb films but in um in Hollywood movies in general, where the the main bad guy at the beginning is just painted out to be almost like a like a bumbling in it, so I'm like he can't possibly be the, be the bad guy. He's almost he's almost like lovable here. Yeah. Yeah, Fast Seven should be like twenty minutes to stay than being like <laughs> a Mister Bean. <laughs> <laughs> the bad guys are the weak part of this film, though. Yeah. That's another reason I prefer Licence to Kill. Because Robert Darby is the tits. Yeah, I, I, I like it in... Uh, oh. I, I like the idea of it, I just think it probably... Did needs... you just hear how shocked Becca was? Yeah, she that fell that off Robert the chair. Obviously, yeah. the, guy, the guy watching the lights is Peter Porteous, uh, and his wife, Emma, also worked on this film. I hope his wife left him after his fucking behaviour here. <laughs> what kind of a girl do you think I am? <sighs> Yeah, so it's all very much, very much a family affair. I love the fact that it's not even like varied sexual activity. It's just literally jam his head in her tits, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, blimey! <laughs> oh, would you look at those?" I'm, I'm, did, did we not like say this at the uh, uh, when we reviewed it? But it does look rather like Jeremy Corbyn, doesn't it? <laughs> Good old Corbyn. Oh my god! Yeah. What kind of a girl do you think I am? He enjoyed that enough that we can be sure she's not Jewish. But drum roll, please. Or maybe she is. To... Or, or maybe she is, and she never called him back. That's why. That's maybe why. <laughs> that's what prompted it. Maybe shocking horror. 
Chodź do mnie. Desmond should just pick that up in one end. <laughs> so, 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 what? What? Do you know if 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 this had been in the era of something like Bow Selector, they could have had him with just massive hands as well as. <laughs> you go. So, what is it about um, uh, Desmond that I think he reacts really well to Timothy? I, well, he often said that Timothy Dalton was his favourite. Now, I, I've never... I didn't hear that in context, so I don't know if he means Timothy Dalton was his favourite guy or whether Timothy Dalton was his favourite Bond, or both. But he just looks invigorated by it. You know what I mean? I don't know, maybe they didn't give him as much to do near the end with uh, Roger Moore, but I don't know. Roger Moore used to like play a lot of tricks on him and stuff like that, and I almost feel like I can see he looks a bit pissed off mm. <laughs> during scenes, but I might be projecting because late Roger Moore is just so bad. Yeah. Early Roger Moore's absolutely fine. It's just the last couple I can't stick. You know, if you can't do it, if you can't even literally, you know, if you need a stuntman to walk up some stairs, then you shouldn't be doing the role. I mean, like he's just taken his passport mm. there. There, would Roger have done that himself, or would he got the stuntman to do it? Passport, <laughs> Christ, he, he he might catch a fingernail on me. I mean, Christ, even looking up, I can break my neck. Well, there's quite an athletic sex scene coming up. Why not? I could do that. That's all right. I think Saunders is great because he's just such a prick in the first bit of the film. And he doesn't massively change character. He he, he becomes likeable just because you sort of see it from his point of view. He's just a bureaucrat who's a bit out of his depth. He doesn't feel better. He's, he's best off behind the desk rather than out actually doing missions. Well, he, yeah. He's just he's just a, a stickler for the rule, you know, very procedural, very like, no, this is the plan. What, what, yeah, yeah, this is what we have to do. We've got to do it very much by the book. I was sent here to shepherd you through a mission and you've just done it all the wrong way and we got very lucky. Exactly, yeah, he's understandably pissed off. So, But no, apparently, um, yeah, when I met him, um, he was wearing the very same suit that he wore like, to the premiere of the film. So it was, I was like, it still fits you. <laughs> he still looks very good. Um, and he said that he goes jogging quite regularly and often jogs past, I can't remember which part of London it was, but yeah, Tim, past, yeah. past Dalton's residence, so it was good fun. Tim so, there enjoying like, a menthol cigarette. Yeah, it's got a menthol. Back in the days, you could smoke on screen. The last times we see Bond smoked, really, didn't it? Cigarettes, yeah. yeah. I expect him to have a big pipe or a bong or something. Behold the blandest money penny. Oh, Aww. she's very lovely. Lovely lady. Met her as well. She's very nice. No, no screen presence, though. Yeah, these I'm... people being nice don't make them good at what they do, though. And she's like the weakest money penny in the to, official to, series. To be fair, though, I always think they never really give her a chance. No, I, I mean, she really get much. Yeah, there's much lots of reasons really. for it, but the end result is she's the weakest money penny. Yeah. Because Samantha Bond had bags of screen presence. I mean, given the Barry Manor line, it's just that's really bad. This I film, mean, I think, also has has like the weakest. Um... Oh, no, there it is. Next time, uh, Felix in it as well. Unfortunately, um... this one, John Terry. Yeah, John Terry, not that John Terry, but yeah, John Terry, who I think is probably like the worst or the weakest Felix. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, who not has the, a, who not, has a Barry Manilow collection? Cheat John Terry, the other one. 
I mean, who has a Barry Manor collection? Collection of what? <laughs> Barry, Man, what Barry Manor, oh, a collection of Barry oh, Manor farm. Farm. <laughs> You can visit this farm. You can go there. It's very nice. You can visit anywhere briefly. <laughs> well, it's, it's actually a private residence. That's what I mean. Briefly, you could visit it. You can drive past. Before you oh, get arrested. This brings back so many good memories of a drive in the country. I think that's why he has to keep playing the same song over and over again. He gets halfway through it and then has to take it off your ears to strangle somebody. <laughs> Keeps missing that bit. Like, oh, that's good. That's good. Bit. <laughs> and here we have Stoner Park, which doubles for the Baden Safe House. Named after Stoner's. Named after, yeah, we were like, is it Stoner or Stoner? Like, no, it's Stoner. <laughs> like, oh. It's Stoner. And that little hut, those gates really aren't there. Um, and the gate and the little hut was just created especially for the film. I'm pretty sure it, I told you this it, first time it, round. It, it's convenient that that um, that uh, the, the milkman had a had the uniform that actually fitted. It did, yeah. It makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, they never come in with, with looking like they're wearing jorts. No. <laughs> like the the, the 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 sleeves are just too short. Like oh. Oh. Oh, oh. oh dear. Oh. He's like, don't touch me. Oh. Good job he does know his food. Open it and there's like super noodles in there. <laughs> and a, ca- ca- a couple of cans of ties up. Well, just goes to say that he's... he's oh, you know, he just starts taking out Big Macs, like... <laughs> <laughs> Turkey Twizzlers. Turkey Twizzlers, yeah. Tesco Value Baked Beans or something like that. <laughs> Pot noodle. <laughs> this won't do at all. And then, like Dalton casually reaches into his jacket. Heinz make beans? No. No, no. He casually reaches into his packet, uh, his pocket, and opens his packet <laughs> into his packet and pulls out a can opener. It's like, will this do? Will this do? Kind of spam. I can also recommend a visit to, to Stony Park. What's been apart, apart from Hinks? What's probably been like probably the best um, henchman in the Bond film recently? Because I, I I can't I'm I'm just trouble thinking of a particular yeah, one. Maybe maybe. Um, Bond had so much potential, but he was a bit rubbish. Maybe. Noomi um, Rapaz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. To be on them. Uh, Frankie Johnson. Yeah. Oh, Zenya. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Oh, Zenya's been the best since, like, Brosnan started, probably. Mm. Yeah, I think she's, she's probably the best from his, from his era. Yeah, Craig Curse, Mr. Hinks. This is 1987. That Freddie Gray should be going, you know, like, luxuriating in his, like, successful political party winning all the elections. <laughs> And we'll, we'll sweep that big labour era under the under the car. <laughs> it's like wearing a blue tie. Oh. No, died the more conservative me. Not good enough to get any kind of like promotion or reshuffle, but you know. Fair enough. <laughs> he, he just goes with the wind, really, doesn't he? he just. <laughs> <laughs> 
these politicians it, in, it, in it, these it, films. It, it'd still be here like it, it's like we get to like sort of late 90s you'll be like they're proper like proper blairite be like oh yeah <laughs> well, i'm all about the third way <laughs> what's that then don't know Who does that guy remind me of? Not the one on the right. He reminds me of the chef in Faulty Towers. <laughs> Poor chef. That was Max. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was John Glenn's call. Let's use that same parrot. Yeah. Oh no, this guy. Quick. This is one of the better fights in the series. Yeah. And you never expect it coming from him. You think, like, oh, this guy's going to be quite easy to take on. Yeah, he's, he's actually. Yeah, but no, he's actually. He'll beat you. But he gives it Riz. He does. It gives as good as he gets up to a point. Quite upset over the menu, aren't they? Sausage, sausage, sausage. <laughs> Death like grill. <laughs> that looks, oh, that looks painful. That's salt any in the eye. Any, any time someone sort of jumps back theatrically like that when something's thrown at them it does remind me of Frank Drebin fighting with a pillow on his face (laughs) (laughs) may have my function dong that's what I would call a plummy English accent he's quite good at the voice isn't he yeah brilliant I don't know if it's dubbed or anything but he's very good did you know Andreas Wisniewski was also in Mission Impossible? We do know. But you don't notice he's there. <laughs> and it's like, oh. He, you know looks, he looks totally different. You know what? I've just noticed like the, the burn mark on his uh, on his hand. Though, it, yeah, yeah. Got no, I, yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever noticed that before Continuity. either. Continuity. Gucci boom. It's the last time I ordered from Unigate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll one star. I'll, I'll, I'll one star review. I'll just get it at the supermarket. <laughs> are they even still going? Is that, are Can you imagine he, he like he stole the wrong one or something? Because I've done aware how that milk got on there. I don't know if they'd already like done it earlier in the milk. Sponsored by Unigate Dairies. You imagine if he stole the wrong one and just basically lazily lobbed semi skim milk. At people. <laughs> 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 Parrot looks pretty chilled out. Got taken over by Freeze Conglomerate Green Corps in 2011. There you go, fun fact. I love the fact that Becker always considers the business news. <laughs> business news. If you go back and listen to our uh, Superman 4 show. Business like, news. <laughs> Becker's done a lot of business research for that film. <laughs> well, there wasn't a lot to say about the film, so I thought, right, let's look into the... This uh, film shit, what should we do? Corporate takeovers? <laughs> let's delve into the financial side. Yeah, you were telling us about like Ted Turner and shit like that. Oh, oh he does not. I learned a lot during that film. He doesn't look convincingly unwell there, does he? That's like Roger Moore passing out the spire. Love me. Around the back of that house, also some lovely gardens. You just go through that gate. Well, you'd be disappointed if you walk around the back and it's just a little <clears throat> backyard. <laughs> but no, I can definitely highly recommend a visit to Stone House. Um, they do lots of events there throughout the year. Lots of family events as well for kids. Don't drink the fucking milk, though. No, I would say avoid the Unigate van. 
and look out for now, Freddie Gray. Look at Freddie Gray massively overacting here. <laughs> of the intelligence community, I like, like the idea that just all like. I love the fact you think you're in the intelligence community. Yeah, you turn up for a fucking cup of tea every couple of years, and that's it. <laughs> we should be more saying this film. It's almost if like there's like a circle of friends that they just all like it. Yeah, meeting with a PM this afternoon. He doesn't know who the fuck I am. He's left me to rot in this ministry forever. That's it. Yeah, he's like, screw you. PM's left you on your own. Some shit's gone down at like the safe house today. Who, who are you? When I first saw this in the cinema, this was odd. After Roger Moore, him like struggling over his orders and stuff like that. That just felt so not James Bond because we were used to Roger Moore. He's a new, he's a new Bond. He's edgy. He says no. I'm going to push you back. But, I'm going to challenge you on this. But now this just seems like so fucking cliche, like Bond going rogue all the time. With, yeah, yeah, this is what Craig does throughout his whole era. He's like, it, ah, it, it, it would be, it would be weird. It would obviously be weird if it was just like M just gave him a mission, goes like, all right, fair enough, fuck, I know where to go. Running all the way. That's really weird to me because you know he was like, you know, issue them orders. Like, this is this your mission, Bond, and he's like, yes, that's fine, sir. You know, no problem. And I just like, what? No, it's, it's not compute. I think the fact he probably spent time growing up building sandcastles with Blofeld was more of a shock. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, yeah, obviously that was very alien. I wonder if they're going to retcon that. Oh. I don't know. We know the car from this film, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Just be glad if it ain't constant DB5 every two fucking minutes. No, it won't be. I know the DB5's probably in it, but... There is somebody that I know who is on the very edge. Um, it's something to do with like the um, like marketing for for Aston Martin. Um, he's literally on the very edge, and he's had to sign umpteen um, non-disclosure agreements and things like that. Um, and he told me. And uh, he said, "No, no, he just, <laughs> um, the Aston doesn't obviously the DB5 doesn't feature in it that much. It's more to do with like the Valhalla, I think it's called." Um, yeah, and obviously the that's a, that's a hypercar, not a supercar, which is supercar. Well, if you yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. the way you said it. Sorry, Dave. I think that's but yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's a it's a hypercar. It's a bit. I can't really see Bond in it, but you will see. Whatever. I don't know if it's we don't know if it's going to be um, either the villain's car or um, the Lash- Lashana Lynch's car. Or is that going to be either? What double oh seven? Yes. Well, we don't know. It's purely speculation at this stage. Look, Q, he's loving it. Look, Q. Ooh, about... Ooh. He's loving this scene. Great <laughs> 80s design. Look at that. One of my favourite James Bond dies, where you actually, they actually, like, loop in an actual full wolf whistle, and it cuts to outside, and my 6 just blows up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, bang. Having said that, Money Penny does look a bit saucy there in a sort of below stairs kind of way. No. He he does have a little bit of a mischievous look, doesn't he, old Dalton? <laughs> t- t- I love that he no, how good's that for t- <laughs> for beating villains? They've designed a sofa. How is Bond gonna go out into the field with that? He you know, goes out on his Aston Martin with like a sofa stuck to the roof, and like Hinks attacks attacks him or something, and he's like, "Fancy a sit down? Hang it, on, just it, let me get this sofa off my." It it could be it could be more of a protection thing. Like you need to like sort of get into a, a safe area, so it could be like. 
for if there's attack on MI6, you could just would that of, work in any environment? You know, like World War One, the Germans come across no man's land, and when they get to the British trenches, just a load of sofas. <laughs> Hang on, so they just oh, co- hang on, so they just no hang on, they're just covering that sofa. So you just gonna leave that guy in there? Yeah. <laughs> well, we know Q Branch shuts very quickly. We remember that they've all gone home within five minutes. Yeah, they close at like four o'clock. Well, it's, it spends all its time waiting for Double uh, O Seven to walk in, and so 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 he's so so he's like been in. It's like, right, fine, we can go home Yeah, now. we can go home now. It's <laughs> fine. I don't care about the other double O agents. I always think it would be nice to actually see more double O agents in Bond films. Yeah, we see them briefly in Thunderball and the world is not enough. Yeah, they yeah, actually, actually spend some time with them rather than, I know we have like 006, but actually yeah, have... You pop out for KFC or something. The, the only time we see other double O agents is when they die. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, why why doesn't Bond interact with any missions? Like, is she meet, meet up with, like, 005 or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you up to, traffic control? <laughs> <laughs> Stop corrosion. Um, Trying to find some Caroline Bliss facts. Other than... What I mentioned on the review. Good luck. She's now a physical therapist and author. I don't mean to be harsh because I mean she's apparently a lovely woman and she wasn't given much to do, but she is just by far the least memorable money penny in the, of all of them. And it's you know she was only in two films; they didn't give her much to do. There's reasons for it, but unfortunately, she was bookended by like the money penny, and then Samantha Bond was really memorable as well. Uh, yeah, I think I think also another element was the fact that they were trying to um, make Bond a little bit more um, less sexually active, like yeah. a, little, a little bit more like you're basically saying he was never going to try and finger her. Yeah, so I think they were trying to make that a bit more rather than like sexualized kind of play. Mind you, I'm trying to remember the Roger Moore film where he did try to finger Lois Max, but didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know what it says okay. about me that I'm fascinated by the idea of an outtake of that. <laughs> right. Bond goes to the toilet. Part one. <laughs> Money Penny, you're a feast for the eyes. Hey, that guy's that guy's mops making contact with the floor look. Could have caught the quantum assault this fellow. No, this instantly reminds yeah. me of uh, Honor Majesties. Yes. The guy, the guy uh, sweeping. Oh yeah, the guy yeah. Yeah, in the toilet. Yeah, except he's, he's not Goldfinger. missing Goldfinger, but yeah. 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 Good shout. Again, there's something a bit naked gun ah. about. Just imagine him saying "bingo," pulling out a bingo card. Bingo. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm mentioning. Can you imagine the gun going off in there and like Bond trying to cover it? You know, like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this yeah, this is naked going to be pulling out all kinds of stuff, wouldn't it? Be like, <laughs> yeah, all kind of fake, fake business cards, flowers, sex toys, like a string of handkerchiefs. <laughs> yeah, 
Frank, we've got that sugar grip <laughs> suck machine you ordered. <laughs> it, it's a gift. Is <laughs> <laughs> that was the one with it? Is this some kind of bus? Yes, it's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very impressive bus. Hey, Frank, this is missing evidence of that of, of that of that murder case. Oh my God, he was innocent. <laughs> he went to Frank. He went to the chair three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping she's been burgled here and he hasn't just like hooked up with some messy woman. Yeah, she's actually a bit special and just kind of leaves a track everywhere. Yeah. I'm quite tidy. I have been back to like flats that are a bit like that, though, when you just go, this ain't going to work. <laughs> which, in your experience, which is normally the worst? Is it the kitchen sink? Are they always like the worst ones? Oh, the kitchens are always pretty bad. Yeah, they've been washed up for days. Ugh. Use it regularly. Thing is, if they're not tidy, they're not normally not that. They're not normally that clean either. I don't mean personal hygiene. I mean like you go in the bathroom and it looks like the bathroom hasn't been cleaned for a long time. Mm. But she has been burgled, so it doesn't matter. So I'm sure her bathroom is uh, is is clean. Well, that photo shoot picture she's got off. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a dodgy photo, isn't They've it? They've always got like. Actors muck shots, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> it does look a little bit like a muck shot. I bet it's like CVs on the back of that. Have been in other films such as The Dolph Logan Punisher. No. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may have seen me in other films such as. Chimpanzee, Chimpanzee. Um... I play numerous villainous roles in 80s. 80s, 80s action films. There was what he was subject of a sort of uh, social media hoax about two years ago. It was announced he died during Crabber. or your own Crabbe, I think it's pronounced. But yeah, yeah, he, your own he, He's um, yeah. There was a he. All the tributes started coming in. I think even a couple of news outlet, outlets picked it up, and it turned out to be fake. Was uh, did TMZ report it? I don't think so. Because the funny thing is. TMZ is really not my thing, but they're normally accurate. When it, when it, I think when it's when it comes to celebrity deaths, they're like the most reliable one. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, like, but not I, not I, anything I, else. But I can't imagine I can't imagine them having them like saved in my browser or something. Yeah. But at the same time, like when, it's a bit like when um, when you get an announcement in film, if it's from Variety, it's accurate. The Hollywood Report is nearly always right as well. Hmm. And TMZ is a little bit like that for celebrity. When they announce things, they're normally correct. Well, that's my perception, anyway. Now, that little trick of changing her in the phone box there is done remarkably quick. That's quite impressive. That's done super quick. I know. That guy always reminds me of um, the actor who played Felix in Diamonds of Forever. <laughs> Norman Burke. Yeah, I know they look nothing. Yeah, they just. No, they do. They've got a, a similar build similar. and hairstyle, yeah. Hey, why was she just leaning down? <laughs> I haven't even finished yet. Uh, he, do, he does look remarkably pissed off, Tim, doesn't he? So, as if, say, like, oh, no, she sat up, he is. 
That is a, that's a good little joke. He's driving it really fake, like he was just moving the wheel around and around. And it's like, that's because oh. they were on a... Just fake driving. Projection, yeah. Very obviously back. Is it like that he says I'm, a, I'm not a motorist, I'm not like I would do. Yeah, right, we, got, we got the point, yes, alright. Get in, why don't you learn the violin? Oh, he heard me. Why didn't you? Why didn't I learn the violin? Because you'd have found something to fucking whinge about with that as well, probably. <laughs> we'll play the violin because it's smaller. Jazz FM. Look at that! Look how high tech that is. That's called the car radio, children. Yeah. It's got. Oh my god! Is that a tape deck? Yeah, these things are called cassettes. And it's got computer controlled written on it. Auto reverse! He looks quite impressed with that line, I do. You know that's meant to be high tech because there's lots of like close ups of them using it. Lots of buttons. Yeah. And the jello. Just the jello. Time for a bit of action. Yeah. I love music. Time, time for a bit of throwback uh, Bond and his gadgets. Yeah. Do you think Dalton was 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 almost like embarrassed by this as people make out? No, not really. I think there, uh, I could feel it on certain lines more in the next film than this one. The line that I always think you did not want to do that line is when he not says, "No, when looks like he came to a dead end in the next film." Because oh, he yeah. spits that out and leaps straight onto something else. Like, I've got to say this line. Say it really he's got quick. To, yeah, I've got to have a quippy line. He, he's not good at that, you know. It, it's all right to think he's the best Bond. It's all right for him to be your favourite. But, like, you just cannot deny that when they give him funny lines, he doesn't really do them that yeah, well. Yeah, it's the same, same with Craig, really. I think. If, I don't if, agree. Craig's brilliant at the lines. No, he, he can do them, definitely. But to me, it just seems like they don't... You think of all the kind of Bond quips, I tend to think of, like, Connery or, or Roger Moore, definitely. Or maybe like Brosnan. Um, yeah, that's because Roger Moore had a joke every four fucking seconds. Exactly. That's the problem. I, I kind of feel like somebody who's serious and wants to take the role seriously. I, I genuinely think Roger Moore, there are more laughs. The only Roger Moore film that's funnier than Casino Royale, and I mean that, is Spy You Love Me. <laughs> like, for all people say oh, it's really dour or it's not Bond or whatever, I, I think it's, there's it's about, quite, it's, yeah, there's about half a dozen laughs or at least broad smiles, if you like, in yeah, Casino really Royale. Fun. And lit- and apart from the first sort of fifteen minutes of the spy who loved me, I did not find Roger more funny. Or he was good, but the lines weren't. Well, it's all down to personal taste, isn't it? But that's just like my own personal opinion. And that's your personal opinion. No, there's so. loads of jokes in it. They're just not funny. But the start of the spy who loved me is great. Well, again, that depends on your opinion. But yeah, it's just one of those well, things. Obviously, my opinion depends upon my opinion. Yes. Yes, it depends. <laughs> I was having this discussion with somebody. It's like that's your opinion. I but think. I think it's more to do about how the jokes are tailored to the actor. Uh, exactly. I think exactly. I think Dalton can be funny. I th- I just don't think they quite figured out. No, they haven't figured how, out how to get him. No, how we can deliver. He's them funny all. as fucking hot fuzz. He's so, sending up the whole that whole genre, isn't he? So. Well, you know, it's not quite his take. But like Roger Moore, if you take as I say, if you take the first few minutes of the Spy Who Loved Me, like every line is fucking brilliant, really, really brilliant. But like the rest of the films, it's just a lot of goofing around, and mu- much of it's not that funny. Much of it, you know. There's always, there's probably a, the odd line in most of his films that are all right. But like Casino Royale doesn't 
emphasize humor particularly but at least half a dozen times there was a genuinely funny line or funny moment just better written but like yeah you've got to leave the spy you love me out of that which isn't my favorite roger moore film but it is the funniest roger, that's his funniest film a dry eyes yeah, he's, he's sort of known for the known for yeah. those kind of roles although the end of moonbreaker where he's waving his knob around is quite funny as well <laughs> but he is in my head anyway think we're on the roll one more time but I think because like Dennis he's attempting re entry, sir. Basically, Except I remember me. describing that scene as him waving his knob around and then going, Well done, James. Even though he's got some, you know, more comedy lines in Spectre, I still kind of think that like Daniel Craig, you know, his Bond and also Tim, they're both quite serious about their roles and take their role, you know, quite seriously. Um, that's kind of why I think any sort of, well, you know, they say funny lines, but it doesn't quite sit right for sure. But, but still, they deliver their line as best they can. But and all, you know, only adds to the, the adds to the. Uh, he, just, he just doesn't like delivering them. You can just feel it. Adds to the rich tapestry. Yeah, but like I would take less comedy and more laughs, if you know what I mean. Just generally, mm, definitely. Because I mean, Brosnan was given line after line after line, and hardly of them were funny. Hardly any of them were funny. They were just mm. cramming in lines that just. It's like, well, is that the best just you can do? Depending whether they land or not. Well, I mean, it, they're not always him either. Global warming is a terrible thing. That's the best you can fucking Save, do. Saved by the Bell was awful. Saved by the Bell was pretty bad. Most of the lines in Nine of the Day were awful. But, but with, with global warming is a terrible thing, I thought, you've just written a line in the script to remind you to write a line in the script. Yeah, and literally. Then, so, then insert, then insert line about global like, warming here. Insert line about global warming here. Then you got some dodgy clangers like, they'll put anything these days. I hate that. And I beg your pardon, forgot to knock. See, a lot of people uh, refer to that line as really liking it. There's a draft. Buy me a pint. Um, Buy me a pint. <laughs> oh, no. But oh, then you've got draft and pint. Yeah. I don't know, some pub lingo, I don't know. When they're a bit incongruous, they're alright, because I don't actually mind, beg your pardon, forgot to knock, because that's totally that's incongruous with where he is and all you know, that kind of shit. Just, just do. The second Ruined. least funny line of the two. I love we've nothing to declare. He did deliver that well because he kind of bellows it. And it's yeah, it's all... Yeah, I think that line kind of ruins it. It's like, shut up. He's just done the good line. Kara's <laughs> <laughs> like, I need a line. And you're a fucking B-lister anyway. Shut up. He's James Bond. He's the funny one. They kept having to reshoot this because it kept going off in one direction, didn't it? Because like, they're not the same weight as each other. <laughs> That's not her on there. That's a mannequin. Or no, something. that's a man in a wig. <laughs> man in a wig. Yeah. Like a golden eye uh, and goldfinger. It's, it's Rick Parfit and status quo. <laughs> oh. Film starts to go downhill a little bit from now. Well, as soon as you get introduced to the main bad guy. The main bad, yeah. The main, the bad guys aren't very good in this film. So, to you. If you were giving us a little bit of a, a rewrite, what what would you do to make the bad guys? Um, well, um, in your in your view, put loads of blowjobs in it. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, you seem to think my scripts would be laden with this. <laughs> what would I do to the bad guys? I honestly don't know. This is where I'm not a writer. I can sort of point out where things aren't really working, but I'm not sure why they're not working. I mean. I think it's just to do with the times, isn't it? I mean, you've still got the Cold War rumbling on in the background. I don't think kind of... they worked at the time, though. 
I think it was always a weak part of this film. It's Joe Don Baker as not See, Jack Wade like, CIA. I don't like him as Wade either, so it might be him, I'm not sure. He's not a very good, like, obviously he kind of is bigger than he thinks, you know, he's got a massive ego. Um, John Reese Davies instantly raises That's up it. any scene that he's in. Mm. Like he's, he's just he's just a bit of a his character's just a bit of a, a an insane guy. A knob really, isn't he? He's a bit of, just well, a crazy nut. you know, he, he, he's there like sort of, you know... I think he, Becker's he, closer, he's just a bit of a knob, that's the point. Yeah. He's, like, he's got no yeah, idea of the power and influence he thinks he has. I do like Joe Dobrik, but his yeah, character's just he, a bit of a knob. He's not a real military man, he was kicked out. No. So, so he's actually... He's, he's, he's not really a war hero. He's almost, he's almost playing the part of a villain rather than an actual one. It's quite interesting in itself, because it's it's a more layered role. He's kind of playing a character. He's playing a character. He's playing a character. It, but at the same time, it's like, mm, mm, really. I think. I think the thing that's sort of just not selling to me, like you see, is like you know, his 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 guys, his his guards, and that, and they're all like dressed in military and and are behaving as if they're like they're they're still in the army. When in reality, they must be like, oh fuck, like, do we have to really do all this shit? Yeah. <laughs> like. Isn't this just so? I, instantly, I, in, when you're in that world, I just cannot imagine that working. I can't. I can't imagine people would generally would 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 want to like do that shit. They want to like work for someone else. I mean, apart from the timings where <clears throat> they are up against it in the final scene, obviously to stop all the opium or whatever, he's actually bested quite easily. You know what I mean? Pushkin has the better of him here. Mm-hmm. And Bond and him work out what's going on quite easily and thwart, thwart the assassination attempt quite easily. They're actually just a bit fucking lame, the pair of them. But what doesn't help is, I think he was a bit wasted, but you're walking in the last film and you got Robert Darby next time. Mm. So they're sandwiched by better villains. The Brosnan era wasn't great for villains, but he, he's just weak. He's just weak. But the whole appeal of this film is the slightly Fleming-esque tone. Dalton actually, for me, rescuing the series because this was just, it was becoming tea time family mm-hmm. fare. It was becoming like, enjoy it with a cup of tea and a fucking biscuit. There was no, it was just all so safe. Just towards the end, again, it's not a general comment on Roger Moore, even though he's not a favourite. I just mean the last couple where he was massively over the hill. So bring him back in this sort of vibrant guy who's got like a take on it and it's different. Oh, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the appeal of this film, not not really the plot. The appeal of this film are the exotic, gorgeous Viennese locations. Such as Tangier. Like the Volksoper and, yeah, and Tangier, obviously, not in Vienna. Um, and Prater Park. See, it's a bit cheesy here. This is where to people, everyone says always oh, the literary bond. I cannot picture the literary bond doing this. Just looking so like indulgent and a bit cheesy. I think he kind of looks he's a little bit similar to the literary Bond. I think that's what people mean. Yeah, but he's he, way he, nicer. He, he's the romanticised version of Bond. He's, he's the, just nicer. He's the, the, the literary Bond. <laughs> the literary Bond's a bit of a bell end. Well, that's Fleming's point, though. He didn't. So that's yeah, I know. A nice I, I character. Think it's partly deliberate. Yeah, partly. Yeah, deliberate. meant to be an ass. But you know, he's really caring. This him and him here reminds me of Bond with Melina. Yeah, and I do think of them as sort of sister films. This and for your eyes only. He always has such. He always has like this warm chuckle, doesn't he, Dalton? Yeah, 
Ask um ask James what was his name? James Murphy. He can do a good impression. Do you want to know why? <laughs> what to know why? Well, I, I I've heard the impression. But our listeners, you know, I recommend it. Um what am I looking for? Oh, all the fun facts I've mentioned previously, so Carrying that thing around isn't that helpful all the time, is it, to the film? They've got to keep getting rid of it every time they turn up somewhere. I mean, pretty much like, yeah, just like, whenever you see a couple with a cello, <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> Shaken. That's dead. That's dead. And again, for a spy, you know, it's like, yeah, just just put any alert for anyone who orders, like, a vodka martini shaken, that's dead. Because <laughs> probably no one else has it that way. Tia Maria and, uh, I don't know, Baby Sham, please. Hey, put this on, you'll look like a fucking magician. <laughs> Shazam. What? <laughs> Even that reminded me for your eyes only, the diving into the pool and stuff. A bit of an Alan Partridge moment. You, you think it now nearly touched it? <laughs> Got it so hairy. Kid stuff. Oh, that's a bit. <laughs> so this is why we know he's a bastard. He's cheating on his uh, missus. We... This is it. Well, yeah. At least we haven't got make it last all night playing in the background. Yeah, that would just be irony if I played that in the background <laughs> while with some woman. <laughs> Ooh, make, it make it last three minutes and 40 seconds is what, it's what it should be called. Make it last all of one God. song. I <laughs> bet his henchmen just feel like, ah, oh, feel like a right dickhead every time we have to. What do I don't know how Vich Nefty feels stood there in a speedo now. But looking back on that, it's like, it's all a bit, yeah, it's all a bit Commonwealth Games. The film's a bit dead when it's just these lot on the screen mm. as well. It, you know, it probably worked better if it, if it, you know, if it was just um, if it didn't have uh, what's his face Whitaker. If, if, Whitaker, if Whitaker wasn't in, wasn't in it, it could easily just be like Yogi yeah. and uh, Yogi acting like on his own. Yeah, possibly, and then he goes a bit more menacing. Hmm. Yeah. She, she already got a decent henchman, so. Yeah. Very good. Whereas, like any scenes where it's just like Darby and his and his crew are brilliant. But then again, a little bit of an unfair comparison because he's one of the best villains oh, in the entire is. series. Mm. And and given like an actual plot and character. Yeah. If you're gonna do a Michael G. Wilson cameo, it, 
it's sort of how you do it in and around here, just sat in the crowd. Oh, she enjoyed that look. And that lady at the back didn't even stand up or not. And for my next trick... Yes, and for my next trick I shall produce a rabbit from underneath this coat. Yeah. It malfunctions and there's just like, you oh know, fucking bunting trailing out behind her. She shot for him. She shot blanks. Shot blanks, really? Yeah. Fortunately, he shot blanks too, so. Oh. <laughs> well, he missed, didn't he? Burned by all the. Uh... Deliberately! Badumch. I'll see this problem when the film's actually fairly decent when you end up watching it. <laughs> so if um if they all have names, do the cheaper ones have like slightly more down market names? Can you buy a Stradivarius called like Lee or Dean? <laughs> or Jez. Mine didn't yeah. have a name. I don't recall mine having a name. Probably was it a Stradivarius though? No, I can tell you it wasn't with our school budget. No, it certainly wasn't. <laughs> exactly. You said all Stradivarius have names, not all cellos. No. Well, I didn't say that, did I? Yours should have been called like Mindy or something. Mindy. <laughs> really cheap one. A typical 90s name. Chantel. Yeah, Chardonnay. Uh, no, Chardonnay or something like that. Chardonnay, alright. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm it is, really but. Scared, but Sorry? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I don't think Bomb belongs on a roller coaster. It no, just... It doesn't. It just... <laughs> Do you want another ride? Uh, that doesn't look right, does it? Dodgems. <laughs> and he's and he's <laughs> delighted with all of it, and it's a quick like he's montage really almost of all the like little bits he's up to. He's won all of it. Oh, he's a great shot. Look. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Quite the protrusion. Who's that crappy toy? Yeah, Bond getting scared by. Oh, bit of bonding. Not that kind <laughs> of bonding. But that, that's about to happen. <laughs> Here we see the gentleman <laughs> dressed as an emperor penguin about to go into the natural environment and take the lady <laughs> in the fanny. Yeah. Take the lady for a ride. You'll be able to see better. <laughs> Let's go up here on our own. Uh, it's You'll see better. Still listening to that same song. <laughs> he's addicted to it. He's, he's, he's in one of those things where like, I just can't listen to anything else. Yeah. I fucking love to pretend as me. I mean, when he went to the premiere and, like, they've gone with Aha, he must be devastated. <laughs> Brought to you by Carlsberg. Smooth bastard. Oh, 
it's impossible. No, no, I'll show you. No, exactly. <laughs> Look, we're not going to be together for long. <laughs> so don't, don't worry about it. Yes, I'm I'm not what they call a long term commitment kind of thing. No. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really he's not really in it for the for the long term, is he? I mean he's to fair a lot of noise on one of these lines. I mean to fair when you're like a um uh a, a, a spy who like travels travels the world like on a, on a on a daily basis. I, I can't really sort of see long long term relationships on the horizon for you. Yeah, you just come on on the train every night, Reginald Perrin style. It's not going to work, is it? <laughs> which, which, to be fair, kind of explains why you know there's a woman in each film because you know I th- I I think you know most of the, most of the the Bond girls kind of like know like yeah this is just. They don't know though. <laughs> they find they don't. they don't. Yeah. <laughs> the excuse is never well. They were crap anyway. No. I mean, I I, I imagine if you if you're if you're if you're getting with with someone like James Bond, I can't imagine you're thinking yes, he's husband material. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm just imagining like Goldfinger, the credits start, and like a few seconds in, they pause, and you just hear Sean going. God, your shit! <laughs> <coughs> What's like that? that? <laughs> not like that. Grip it properly. <laughs> and then in the next film, Domino. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard about sloppy bojobs, but fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. It, Bond films miss that snappy guy. <laughs> That's brutal, isn't it? You don't see mm. it, but it's brutal. Yeah, but they could easily sort of just like had had him like say in the background, "Ouch!" <laughs> that really hurts. Bond, he got an aspirin. Just catches, just catches his ankle. <laughs> Rest him, you bastard! <laughs> I'm off to fucking wreck some kid now. <laughs> Traumatizer for life. Yeah. Where are you going? Fuck up some kid. That's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Act natural. <laughs> to be here, yeah. he's standing out. There aren't many tuxes there, are there? Yeah. Be terrified of tuxes from now now on. Oh yes, I got the message all right. Bit of a double meaning because she doesn't know what he means. We are just watching it now, folks. Hope you're enjoying yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> all my all my fun facts have uh, dissipated. To be fair, on the quality so far, you probably it's probably your favourite bit of the show. 
<laughs> I do like it, definitely. How, how many that of our listeners... you were silent was amazing. How many um, of our listeners do you actually watch the film with us when do you commentary or do you just... I know some do. So I've even been sent like screenshots of it before where they'll have like YouTube on their laptop beside the TV. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I guess it's just different, isn't it? Because like, with commentaries, um, I mean like... Um, oh God, I've forgotten his name. <laughs> that's really embarrassing. Um, J.R. J.R. Hartley. <laughs> No, Tom, Tom Colwell, that was it. Yeah, Tom Colwell, um, Brendan Shane Matata, and Chris Hague's Hitchcock podcast. Uh, good evening. Um, right. Yeah, psycho, oh, psycho commentary, yeah. which I'm itching. I've listened to like twice already, but I just need to find time to sit down and, and watch the film and listen to it alongside as well. Yeah. And also on the Jerry Anderson podcast, um, Chris Dale has a section called The Randomizer where he picks a random episode of a Jerry Anderson series. Um, and also, I, I only own some of them, I don't own all of them. Um, so for things like like Torchy and Tools or especially or the early series, um, I sort of have to listen, you know, and the ones that I do, I, mean, I can I can watch along to, I can listen along to whilst I'm watching, or very often just listen to them on my commute, so I don't always have time. I've I'm never watched any of the commentary at all, but I, I don't I would normally listen to them if it's a film I know. Yeah, definitely. I, would, I do I do try aim I do try to aim, you know, to to watch along if I can, listen along if I can. Um, if I can do it, I'll try. I can't, wait to, I can't wait for their Gus Van Sant version, of course. Ugh. Oh, look, he's having a wank! <laughs> avoid, avoid. Yeah, that's literally the only different bit of the film. It, they it, they, they it, undermine the character entirely by having him masturbate. It, it's an odd... It's an odd decision to make. To let, Let's make a shot-by-shot, like-for-like shot, uh, film. What's missing on this shot, though? There, but, are, there are lots but of... There are including lots of masturbate. Sorry, it just Sorry. it changes the whole dynamic because it's it it's does. just basically where where does where does it, it all come a, from? He played as a bit of an innocent. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, there's there's lots of things I would like to unpick about that film. I know it's like twenty plus years old now. There are lots of lots of really weird and wonderful things I would like to unpick about his. Kevin Smith's choices. right though. You do see Anne Hesh's asshole. <laughs> and also, her, nice. her character is really bad at maths. She so she can't. You can't take it. You know, she has to add two, oh, four hundred thousand or whatever the new figure is. That's 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 the only other thing. They've multiplied the money she steals by a factor of ten. Yeah, obviously, yeah, she, because like four thousand isn't a lot of money these days. Wasn't it forty? Uh, forty thousand. That was it. Yeah, but still not a lot of money these days. Yeah. And she can't. She adds to it rather than subtracts. Right. Ah, uh, but there's there's so many other things. It's, it's not actually a shop for shop remake. There's a few different shots inserted. Ah, um, you should brought lilies. <laughs> You can still hear like his Welsh brogue. Sometimes it comes, you out, can, yeah. comes out occasionally. He looks the fucking tits. This is like uh, one of the few scenes where you think Bond is actually going to do you. You think, oh bugger, he's got me here. He I'm looks like business here though. Don't mess with him. It, it, it's very rare that a guy looks good wearing a tan jacket. No. It's a tan suit. Yeah, oh, I mean, we remember Obama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Be, yeah, over the days where that was a national scandal over there. <laughs> like, what is he doing? What's he doing? Who does he think he is? Oh. He did look Brother. shit on him, though. It's Dalton, though. He looks good, though. He does look good, Chris Craig seems to be addicted to grey. They need to vary it a bit. Yeah, I think he's going to be in grey for a lot of this new film. No. Right. And it's in a oh. suit that's too short. The nipples. Oh, oh, so good. 
cut out see, of the TV. See, see, that's actually quite brutal, really. Yeah, you don't see that version, do you? I thought they were lovely, Chris. That's very harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed the page in the wallpaper as well. I love... Yeah, you can tell, you know, you can tell Becca's basically a heterosexual lady because so we're going, look at them nipples, and she's going, ooh, paisley wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look elsewhere. Becca just put her neck out, whipping her head round to a bush. <laughs> Oh, it's different everywhere you look. Like one of those old um, IKEA adverts. Check out the chintz. Yeah. Or neat. Then I must die. All right, Gimli. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the best Gimli you ever did see. Yes. The only Gimli we've seen. The only Gimli we've seen. Well, I was going to let that. I was going to let that detail go, Chris. <laughs> who, who was the? Uh, he played him in the animated version, not John Rhys Davies. Yeah, the This one's haven't been remade yet. The animated one's pretty bad. The TV series is coming, but it's Tolkien World as a part. I think it's in the second age. What does that mean? Uh, I think Lord of the Rings is set during the third age. Just, it's a different era, Chris. I don't think all the characters we know are going to be there. That reminds me of Craig swinging around in the bathroom mm. to fight. Yeah, it's very Craig, isn't it? It's great. Mm-hmm. If he can rock a tan suit, he can also he can also make a tan card, a, a tan and a rack work. Video game, I not I, I think his location helps with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Can't find it. I'm glad they didn't go with the magic carpet ride. A whole new world. Oh, not that one. <laughs> what are you talking about? Aladdin. Aladdin. Beautiful, though. <laughs> Beautiful song. He serenades Jasmine on a fine carpet. Yeah, that. Um, hey, girls, look at my rug. That series would have been good fun, but. <laughs> yeah, that, that, air, that aerial had made no connection. <laughs> the bit with Alan Partridge. That was, like, yeah, that was so funny. The bit where the aerial hit the guy in the face was Alan Partridge going, fuck off. <laughs> I just saw that and I thought, that's perfect for what we I need tonight. I went for it on YouTube. I could not find it. I don't know where he's embedded that from. That that, that aerial he, made he, no contact with him whatsoever. Chris, I don't know if you've seen it, Chris, our Twitter page. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's the it's it's the Living Daylights uh, trailer with Alan Partridge talking over it. <laughs> it's uh, brilliant. It's really yeah, it's so funny. Do check it out. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Stop rubbing your fanny on me. <laughs> Those are quintessential eighties models. Pure straight out of a catalogue. Mm. I can't not find information about not the, the pages in the catalogue I used to read as a boy, where they would stand wearing lingerie and looking into middle distance. Yes. Yeah, I think that seems a bit creepy. Though I just, I don't know. It's, I just find it a bit creepy. Soon. Mm. They could have cut Felix Leiter out of this film very, very easily. Yeah, it didn't need to be here, really. Problem is, he made not in, he didn't make enough impact 
to play Felix in the next film, given the storyline. So, and it undermines him even further that you bring David Hedison back. So. Yeah, it's a bit random. Mm. The great, am I, am I late right? David Hedison. Am I right in saying all of the Felix lighters, with the exception of Jeffrey Wright, have now passed away? Unfortunately, I think he might be right. I think uh, well, it, has John Terry passed away? Oh, no, he might still be going. He might. I thought I read. Let's have a look. I'm sure I read the other day. The lone surviving Felix. Oh. <laughs> Are any of the Felix uh, lighters anyone remembers? John Terry. <laughs> yeah, John Terry's still going. He's still alive. I recognise him now. He's been in other stuff. I don't recognise him from this. From a jacket? Oh, the bison men. Oh, really? I totally forgot about that. Zodiac film I should not mention. Um... Zodiacs? What? What the Fincher one? Let's have a look. What, like Fincher's best film? Best ever film. Yeah. He was in a, he was in a series of... He was in the second series. He was in Lost. Of, which Lost. I didn't watch. Why, well, he's not in anything then. Can't be found. Yes, I... Okay. I think all of the other Felix Lights... Law and Order. Hmm. 24... He's been around, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, it t- it takes longer for to recite his filmography than he gets in this film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's gone. He's that's it. He he pops up towards the end. Well, I'm keen to see the Mice Men again now. Well, aren't we all? And obviously, Zodiac. Um. Fincher is a director I've always admired rather than liked. We're going to have to do a Fincher series. Um, Seven, I really didn't enjoy. I only watched it once. Thought it was like perfectly fine, but really did not warm to it. And Zodiac's one of his few films that I genuinely loved. I had a bit of a different route to that. Evidently so. But I never liked Seven. Yeah, well. And Fight Club's like very clever in that, but like I've no desire to rewatch it. I find him a very clinical filmmaker. Yeah, it's quite methodical, isn't it? It's all kind of very, very clean and. Like Van Luter. Yeah, Kevin Spacey obviously did the seven deadly sins in that film. And largely stuck to one thereafter. <laughs> Just pick that one. He obviously picked his favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Thou shall not fuck kids. <laughs> Sorry. After big slap, not safe for work on this now. <laughs> It's all safe for work if you wear headphones. Our usual squeaky clean reputation has been foiled. I mean, no one goes into work listening to Hang on, hang on, I wasn't doing any of it. Surely no one goes... People do listen to us at work. I'm sure they don't go in and send it to a Bluetooth speaker. No, yeah. You're sat in the office and suddenly it's like... No, No, I'm going to make everyone listen to what I'm listening to. Everyone listen to my Certificate 18 rated podcast. 
thing is, right, when we record, we often we usually record on a Sunday night. That's not the case this time, but we often record on a Sunday. And I always listen to it to work out roughly how much editing there is to do. So I'll always like download my recording of it, have a listen to that the next day, come home, edit it that night. And editing is quicker because I've heard it and hearing it hasn't distracted me because I've had it on like at work or something. The problem is I, I don't tell lies in life generally. The one exception is when I fall about laughing and people ask what I'm listening to. <laughs> you can't say. I can't, I can't say me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to myself. But you are really funny. Yeah, but in my defence, that was a fucking cracker. <laughs> what did you say? I don't know, something about ninja or something. Well, people I, think you were going insane, though, will not they? You'd be like... That's the point. A couple of times, I have fallen about laughing at my own jokes, right? <laughs> and somebody's gone, what are you listening to? And you go, oh, podcast, what is it? And I'll have to make some shit up. <laughs> I think once or twice I've I've gone. This is embarrassing, but it's actually me. I'm actually listening to myself. Yeah. <laughs> you can say, "Oh, there's a podcast called Jesus Talk." Do you know it? Well, I can recommend it. Enough, I've got an identical <laughs> sense of humour to myself. <laughs> One of the hosts, so, you know. So it stands to reason that I'd enjoy my own podcasts because we make the sort of podcasts we would like. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you listen to it the next day, and sometimes you it's normally you forget you've said something. Or, you know, not even me, I just mean us. You forget, like, there was mm. an exchange, and then you listen to it back, and you go, yeah, that, that was funny. Have you, also, listened, have you ever lost it? There was you one day I, jokes? There was one <laughs> I've no, uh, there was one day I drove down to County Hall because I had to go to the council for something with work and it was a Monday and I pull into the car park and suddenly there's like a parking attendant stood there there normally isn't but if it's like full or that it's getting full for parking and I pulled down I, I rolled down the window and just as he went to speak to me my own voice blared out from the car and I thought oh, fuck it's so oh, no, did you say something rude no, it's just obvious I'm listening to myself. <laughs> That's funny. It just seems really egotistical. It isn't. <laughs> Strangely enough, to edit, you've got to hear it, and it is really, it is much, much easier to listen to it through once first. Sure, that makes sense. I'm sure other editors do it too. I like how we're getting this sort of, sort of uh, plot exposition by Narcos is actually in the in the toilet having a dump. <laughs> I like the <laughs> actually it's actually on the subtitles, flushes. Yeah, she was on the um, and then it goes on I don't know if those two were related, you know, like God that spoke bloody awful when he opened the door then. Left a right stinker in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like blue eyes. <laughs> that was the explanation in that Michael Caine film with like a hunk of frozen piss from an aeroplane or something that hit me like blue eyes and, and that's the title of the film that's right <laughs> yeah. the frozen piss didn't test as well oh God. frozen piss starring 
Bakuke, but Sean Young. He's also a bit mental. I, mem- I remember that film being advertised, and the post of it was kind of Bond-esque. It actually looked quite cool, except Michael Caine was a bit old yeah. for the way the film was marketed. I'm not, I can't say for the end result necessarily. Yeah. If you ever read up on Sean Young's behaviour, it's quite entertaining. Not in that film, just generally. Gluing James Wood's cock to his leg. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, mine my, my barely reaches my leg, so that's, that's quite impressive. Well done, James. Well done, James. Yeah, <laughs> mine's more, you know, your James Woods. Mine's more sort of nibbling. Third act of this film's not as good, although the stunt's amazing. It's one of the best stunts in the whole series. Oh, what the stuff on the uh, the back of the plane? Yeah, it's because it's moving around so much, and I don't think they allowed for how much, and it was just slamming them around all over the place. Mm. John Bow. I always think of the first prime suspect when I see him because he was the prime suspect in the first prime suspect. He, he also played Ross Poldark in a one-off in the 90s. Oh, right. I didn't know there was so I many iterations of Poldark. Well, what it was is the HTV or something bought some of the books 20 years afterwards. Mm-hmm. And they went to like Ross, Robin Ellis and um, Angarad Reese, the original stars, and tried to get them but didn't offer them enough money. And when they said no, they ended up with John Bow and Mel Martin instead. Uh-huh. And uh, it's really shit. Because I really, really love the 1970s Poldark. That's not to do down the current one. It's just the original's got my heart, so I'm not that interested in the new one. Um, it might be brilliant. I'm just not that bothered. And um, so when they brought it back with like them, I was like, okay. I wasn't exactly excited to see it anyway, and it was really bad. Now, is this the guy from Brookside? Um, don't know. Ian Brookside or something. I think it might be something along those lines, wasn't it? Well, that's certainly the guy from Coronation Street. Which one? Well, it is, yeah. Art Malik. Art oh, Malik. Uh, is he in Coronation Street? Yeah, yeah, he, he uh, turned up in Coronation Street. Um... <laughs> I, I love that when you've got like, these famous actors, like, people like Ian McKellen and people like that turn up in um, Corrie or EastEnders, those sort of kind of shows. And, uh, and he was also the bad guy in True Lies. Yes, he was. What, Art Malik? Mm. I saw True Lies a couple of years ago. I was a little bit disappointed, but the only reason was is it had been built up and built up and built up. I was told it was this hidden gem. Well, not hidden gem, because it's known, but, like, believe it or not, it might even be its best film and stuff. And when I watched it, it's like, no, it's It's the least Cameron uh, film of his career. I'd go along with that. It doesn't feel very James Cameron at all. Um, I part part of me think I think it was like I think it was just like a little bit of a a, a breather before he went on to do his like his biggest project. Yeah. So I think he I think it was it. It must be in between Terminator Two and Titanic. Titanic. So yeah. I think it might have been just like oh I'll just kind of yeah do 
I, I, I'm not going to argue with anyone that it's like a bad film or anything. I don't mean that, but it just Tim didn't Charlotte, do. Tim Sanders. Didn't do a vast amount for me. Brookside. What part did he play in Brookside? What, I didn't really um, watch it, but I'm aware JC of some Bradley. names. I don't know that name. Um, I thought being Liverpool. He's also in Holby City. I thought they could at least call him Terry something or other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Roger move look. He's also in the bill. And casualty. I love and a Roger move. That did that did look like it hurt. Slamming his arm, slamming his yeah, da- arm in a door. Yeah. And bread. Closing a door? God, can I have a stunt, man? <laughs> they always like that line. It's like, we're free. We're in the middle of an air base. There you fucking dummy. Free. What are you on about? Yes, it's for me to keep. You can tell bomber jackets were the fashion of the time. Yeah, even the, the, the cuts of the leather jackets in this film were very of the time as well. See, only where they looked like that. 80s military chic. I always wondered, what if they were like the wrong keys? <laughs> they didn't Threw them towards him and he fucked off and it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's actually the canteen across the road. And it's closed at night, but you can let yourself in if you want the, to bake the, 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 It's all the outside locks of the, of the building, not the one for the actual... <laughs> not that I'm sure how big bacon sandwiches are in Afghanistan, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Yeah, John Bow is absolutely brilliant in the first prime suspect. And was was he indeed like the murderer in that? Yes. All oh, right, so yes. he was prime suspect and Yeah. Yes, but had they called it the correct sub-suspect, <laughs> <laughs> that might have ruined any tension. First time I saw Zoe Bonham make her in anything as well. I don't know why, but I think also when you have like someone who is like the, the, the prime suspect, I always think, well, obviously it's never going to be him, and it, feels, it almost feels like a cheat to make it. Like the... Yeah. But you've got his partner sort of defending him and he's playing like a little bit bewildered's the wrong term, but he's playing convincingly like I am completely wrongfully accused. Oh, I see. And he does enough to give you a little bit of doubt. Is it a little bit like um, Edward Norton in uh, Prime Fear? In, In Primal Fear where, you know, when he like... Go on. No, cause Remind he, me. No, because he's he's playing like the like a guy who has split personalities, and one of them's like, um, I suppose like really really horrible and nasty. He's like commit this crime, and the other and the other one's just like completely innocent. And yeah. then it sort of turns out that it's all just put on like the real person is actually the the real nasty one. Right. Spoiler alert no, for that film. No, no, that made me think more of identity than anything else. Identity's a James Mangold film, isn't it? Yeah. I quite it... liked it. It got shitty reviews. I liked it, though. 
I think I think I think the problem with is that the one where like is it in, it's all in the guy's head? Yeah, that's a motel. They all, yeah. all these people meet and their suspects. It actually turns I, out like that's it's a good film. I liked it. Also, like quite a few times at the cinema. The the problem with with that is, oh, I can only speak for me when I say this, but the problem is that you always feel like you've been cheated somewhat. You know, it's always yeah, like it's, it's always. A bit of a... It's yeah. it's it's on the same level like it was all a dream or it, or, or something. Just There's a gets... lot of crashing around, please guys, be careful. Oh, sorry, that's me. I was just dropping my phone for the nth time. I know. It, I, I think every one of the nth is, is on the record. <laughs> I do apologise. Don't worry about it. Don't matter. It's just like please try to stop because I keep hearing thuds. Sorry, everybody. All right. I think you should apologise to our lovely listeners. Actually. Well, this is who I'm apologising to. You know. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, so few, so few of them are lovely that that's a very small number. Oh, so. I think they're all lovely. Are they? Apart from no. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. But it is, it is like, it is like, the film hangs on a grand reveal, really. So yeah, I got it. But um, as a one-off viewing, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think I'd ever want to watch it again. There's no need to. But uh, I did enjoy it. When they rode down the road there on the horses and he was waving at the crowd, it felt a bit rocky too. I was hoping like children would like race after them and stuff. <laughs> nice work from the camels there. Daniel Day-Lewis played the part of a camel right. for six <laughs> months to prepare. I will, say, I will say this, it, it, it isn't nice sort of um, location jump uh, yeah. they vary quite nicely in this film but though I think because act one is so strong I always think of this as a um, slightly um, dark wet kind of mm. European film not wet as in rain it hadn't rained but the roads were it had rained before the events of the film if you like mm. and um, whereas I think of the next film is, is like bright sun kissed one but you're absolutely right Frank, yeah. this is basic this is basically for your eyes only, but with just a far, far more appropriate bond at that stage. Although Roger Moore's very good in for And a little eyes. bit better. I think for your eyes only would have been better with Tim in it, as good as Roger was, just because a couple of the very silliest jokes would have been excised. They wouldn't have written that in for Tim Dalton. No. I can I can see him like pushing BB away though, which wouldn't have been like it would have probably been a bit more like yeah, he'd be a bit more umpty about it. Yeah, not sure they would have written that in, but they may have done. They may have done, but I'm thinking more of like the parrot at the end and mm. all that kind of stuff. They would have knocked all that out. Well, yeah, the parrot. The, this the, the scene with Q. <laughs> the scene with Q wouldn't have had so many jokes around the identigraph. You know, it's a nose, not a banana, and all that shit or whatever. That, <laughs> I'm not sure that would have been there with Tim. Q branch still would have closed at record speed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Christ! How long were they in there for? <laughs> With like no cuts at all, so that's played as real time. I do like that film, but it's 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 a Timothy Dalton away from being a much much better film, and that's less Bond's performance and more the little bits that are tailored to Roger that wouldn't have been there with him 
But, you know, for me, three of the five 80s films are really, really good. So I've got to be positive about John Glenn generally. Yeah, because you would have had... Um, since Tim did start there, you would have, like, Few Eyes Only and you would have still had Dr. Bussy and um, View to a Kill or with Tim Dalton. And I was just wondering how that would be... Mm. How different it, th- those films would have been. Yeah, I mean, obviously the two he did would be the two he did. For Your Eyes Only mm. a very, is very like one of his anyway. So that just leaves the other two that I can't kind of see, see him in. But then presumably they would have been a bit more tailored to him as well. I don't know. Octopussy I'm not very objective on, but if you look at like A View to a Kill, which I don't hate in the same way, but the main problem with A View to a Kill is it's, it's actually quite boring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's basically Goldfinger. More or less, yeah. The plot is, but I mean, it's it's um, it's kind of a bit dull. Mm. And none of the. I do like the scores. Scores score is very lovely. nice to listen to. But yeah. Parts of it are actually very quite relaxing to listen to. So I'm too busy That's... watching this film. Scores lovely. Look at me, horses off. <laughs> And hopefully, subject. <laughs> Movie kissing's weird, isn't it? When you actually, we we've seen two people like sort of fake snog each snog each other. It's just yeah. And then when you actually see actual tongue going in like as if they're doing it for real it just crushes you out and go oh god no it's just like they gotta go home to their partners <laughs> at the end of the day that's weird yeah I think it was I, I think it was the film Intimacy which had Mark Rylance in it and Kerry oh, yeah. can't remember her name Kerry something or other and they were interviewing her and like her husband or something about that film and it's like she was going yeah it was a rough shoot for her she was coming home exhausted every day and then you watch the film and she's literally sucking Mark Ryland's cock on camera (laughs) it's like that's that's fucking I'd struggle I know it's make believe but I'd struggle with that bit I think (laughs) well you would personally if you had some Mark Ryland's cock (laughs) I I draw the line there Chris if I'm honest (laughs) I mean, I don't think we could set a Patreon level high enough. <laughs> Dunkirk? No, Dunmark, right? Yep. <laughs> Dunmark? Really? <laughs> it's like weird. How was your day at work? You know. Well, what would you like to know? <laughs> Darling, how was your day at work? <laughs> Excuse me, as I just like pluck some of my pubes <laughs> out, yeah. out of my teeth, and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. And again, we're not talking about any alternative lifestyles here. We're talking about a monogamous couple where one of them goes off and sucks some folks' cock on camera, and it's not porn either. <laughs> Right. So what's this film you say? <laughs> Intimacy. 
because he, he, he was into me see yeah no intimacy I think basically I saw him in that getting his dick sucked and the next thing I saw him in like he won an Oscar for I was going to say like that <laughs> it's like he didn't, didn't win an Oscar for anything else did he no you imagine showing that as a clip from the film I think the next yeah the next I don't think I ever saw him because he did load a stage after that so I didn't see him in anything and he became lauded on stage and next thing I saw him the time I saw him he looked significantly older because obviously he was um, and it was like Bridge of Spies you know the funny thing the first thing I saw him in was that um, Sean Penn uh, action film Gunman I haven't seen it and I was like who's, who's this guy with a funny voice because he had a really funny croaky voice in that film right I don't think I've seen that one no I haven't And now is the BFG. Oh yeah, that's true. Now he's had sort of many iconic roles, really, hasn't he? So. I'm pretty sure I saw him on the stage at some point, and possibly at the Globe. What was it? It'll come to me. His dick must have been massive in the BFG. <laughs> I had a film called the BFD. Uh, Let's see what else I've seen him in. Yeah, because I, I saw him as like a relatively young man, and then the next time I saw yeah. him, he was like middle aged, and that happens. There's no criticism, but it was like shit. I've not seen him in anything in between. Kerry Fox, I think she was in Shallow Grave. Wasn't yeah, she? yeah, she was. Yeah. That's a good film. Yeah. I uh, don't know what she's been in since then, though. Uh, I'm just looking through to see if there's anything I've seen her in. Inconceivable. That was the was that the Ben Elton film? Yeah. Oh, um, the film yeah, that was, was called Maybe Baby. No, the book was inconceivable. no, it is actually a, no, it's a different thing. Oh, it's a different it, one. It's same sort of topic, but different okay. thing. That was maybe Baby, yeah, which was dreadful. I don't know what happened to Ben Elton. He was really fucking talented in the 80s. He's got like more t- voice now, wasn't he? I they, think the last well, they're, t- they're talking about bringing Black Adder back, and I just think, fuck it, don't. Just leave uh, it. It'll be interesting. It'll be shit. That's the problem. Because, mm-hmm. like, neither of Curtis, neither him or Curtis have done anything in recent years that what told he, me they could. What's he been up to Ben Elton Because I think he was coming to Salisbury for, some, for like a stand up tour, but we couldn't make it. I've seen him live a couple of times in the nineties. I've read um, like most of all most of his books. I read I'm some. Big, of big fan of Black Adder, all, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, you watch something like Upstart Pro now, and it's like he's not like a, he's not good enough anymore. I don't want them to bring Black Adder back at all. Leave it. It was virtually perfect after the first series. I mean, from the sounds of it, from what they're they're suggesting, I think would it be better if you just write. A new character and do that idea then. Yeah, rather than do if, that. You, if you're going to set it at like at university, then just just write a Black Adder esque character and just do that instead. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping they won't do it. I don't know that they 
they're far along in deciding to. We'll see. I mean, I can always... I'm not normally one to say don't make it because like remakes all that sort of thing I think we still got the original just ignore I mean I was reading Twitter the other day and someone was someone no it was Facebook someone commented about Fast and Furious and was like they've got to stop making that shit and I'm thinking don't watch it don't, yeah. don't fucking watch it what, what is it how is it damaging well, your clear, life in well, any well, way clearly it's not made for you anyway I know, but and, and it's just fucking snobbery anyway, and I'll tell you how I know that. It's because I was a victim of the exact same fucking... I was perpetrator of the exact same snobbery for years. Um, but something like Blackadder was just perfect, and it was a moment in time. And I just think, like, you will soil it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've already toyed with it by doing... Some like a sp- like they've done like one or two specials, haven't they? Or well, they did one something. for the dome, and it was dreadful. Yeah. Back out back and forth was really bad. Rick Mail almost saved it with his version of Robin Hood. <laughs> I've got one question for you: Why are you so great? You know <laughs> that was funny, but the, the show itself was dreadful. Kind of a metaphor for the dome, really. Yeah, much anticipated, and oh, right. Oh, this is awkward. Yeah. Doesn't Major the headdress walks. disguise him? Major walks. Shit. <laughs> what do I do? Just planting this bomb. Uh, now it's gone all tits up. Don't shoot. <laughs> yeah, you'll destroy the plane. But yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd much rather they just sort of did, did something new, more than anything. Because then, cause then if it, if it, if it doesn't work out, then you haven't like sort of diminished Blackadder. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, if it, if it turns out great, well, you've made if, another great thing, haven't you? If they were still making amazing stuff, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I I don't care that like they're all older. Uh, I don't care that it's like that long ago. It, none of that really bothers me. If if these guys. But they're not what they used to be. You know, Richard Curtis is not what he used to be. Ben Elton is really not what he used to be. No. Yeah. Did you, uh, slightly off but did you see um, that uh, yesterday? Because that was written by mm. Richard Curtis. Yeah. What do you make of it? I've not seen it, but what do you it, make of it? It's okay in that I didn't give it a particularly harsh review or anything, but there were bits in it that were spectacularly badly judged. Um, I, I won't give that away for anyone listening, but there's one scene in the film I just sat open-mouthed. I was just like, this is one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen in a film. And also, right near the end, we what isn't giving anything away is, obviously, if it's a love story, there's going to be a period where they don't know they're meant to be together and then they work it out at the end Mm. well the bit where it's worked out at the end is spectacularly fucking creepy it just is because he's on stage at Wembley and what he does is just like fucking hell you've just massively invaded that woman's privacy it's horrible um the other thing is it's that thing I'm going to announce it to the rest of the world it's like why yeah but he announces it and there's like a hidden camera on her it's disgusting fucking hated it um, and it's played as sweet. It's played a little bit like um, 
iconically, it's a little bit like when you see the start of Notting Hill and all the credits play and you get like genuine press shots of up close mm. on uh, Julia Roberts. It's shot a little bit like that. Yeah. But she's having a private moment, not a literally a private moment, backstage, but she's backstage and suddenly there's a camera on her and like 80,000 people looking at her while he announces all this shit. It's, I thought it was fucking disgusting, personally. Um, but he's ostensibly written, he's writing for the most mass market possible, which is not in itself a bad thing. But if it's for everyone, it's kind of for nobody. And the, the, the problem with that is he's written two films now that are ostensibly about music. The other one being the boat that rocked. It was known as pirate radio in the United States. And in, but to watch those two films, you'd think music was something that was once described to him rather than he actually like knew anything about it. Cause you think, well, you know, he talks about what a massive Beatles fan he, mm. he had. He is right. And it is literally just a, a greatest hits. There's nothing. There's nothing remotely surprising in there, and there's no understanding of the difference between their earlier and their later stuff. The Beatles would not have produced their 1962 and 1969 stuff at the same time. They were fundamentally different artists mm. by then. Um, I thought, uh, and yeah, you get no more insight beyond sort of goodness in it. Um. But I can see why Lily James is a star and will continue to be a star. The lead's really good. Nimish Patel, I think it is. He's pretty good. Um, but it is such a predict. It is such a by the numbers Richard Curtis film. You know, uh, a group of people who were friends since childhood. You know what I mean? There's always a bit of that in his films. You know what I mean? It's mm. a lot of his stuff is is getting a little bit interchangeable. So you know, it's a, pi- it's a piss weak version of one of his '90s films. I, I had issues with his um, last film, uh, About Time. I just... I, 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 I... The film was crap, but I will admit I've never cried as hard in my life. Yeah, I, I, I did think it was uh, an emotional ending, though I, though I think its journey to get there was all over the fucking place. Cause it, because it, 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 it seemed to be like Richard Curtis had a bunch of ideas and was like, Oh, I'll, and then it'll be about this, and then it'll be about this. It's like make your fucking mind up, because there's the yeah. stuff about it when it when it relates to dad. Yes, while it it was emotional, um, but it's only emotional and relative when you get you thinking about, you know, <laughs> your own your own dad. Yeah. My father know. died a year or so before. Yeah, after so, cancer. So it's gonna know, be raw. So, and I didn't. And I, I was still raw. And what was worse was, had I gone in knowing, I think I'd have been all right. Mm. But I didn't know. I didn't know that was in the film. Yeah. So when he suddenly got diagnosed with cancer, I can handle that because, like, people get diagnosed with cancer. I don't fall apart because my dad. Mm. Because why would you? We've all lost someone to cancer. But when he suddenly could have another day with his dad, I thought, oh, fuck. That uh, got me. I had to switch seats. I was crying audibly. Yeah. I can can imagine that. Um, um, But... um, But the two leads had no chemistry at all. Well, that didn't help. It it didn't help the fact that his character basically was a bellend. Yeah. Like you know, uh, you know, from, from from the get-go. I mean, I think within the first act where he kind of went back in time to manipulate day, so he ends up getting off with uh, um, what's her face, um, Rachel Adams. Yeah, yeah, Rachel McAdams, right? Yeah. You know, the the guy who who he. After doing a good deed, he missed his chance, so to speak. 
Um, they both play him off as if like, oh, what a bellend, when in fact, well, he, he had no signs of being a bellend at all. And it just the whole attitude just seemed to be like, from there on in, it was just like, it seemed to be, I, I don't think I like you. You just, you know, you just seem to be like using this uh, gift as... As a, as a way just to kind of like get whatever you want with and none none of those sort of lessons occurred to me. It just the, the plot just seemed to just just reevaluate him himself. Like oh, well, use it as a gift. Use it use it for this. Use it for that. And there's no sort of realization of like there are limits or you lose something if if you keep doing this. Or I do you know what I mean? There's no like. I think it is right with me. Richard Curtis on the big screen. And we'll forget. I think he wrote the tall guy and stuff like that. But we'll we'll go from we'll go from like four weddings onwards. Yeah. His first come. All right. There's a central premise around four weddings and a funeral. What if we mm. literally set almost everything at four weddings and a funeral? Yeah. But it feels almost like just a slice of life. It may not be our lives because they're posher people and yeah. all the rest of it. Notting Hill the same. But this century, much more. His films have been more based around a bit of a gimmick so the boat that rocked is like right let's do something about pirate radio um you know just on a theme and and about time let's make time travel the central central bit with this one it's what if the beatles right Mm. and i always get the impression that he signs up to do these films based around these interesting ideas and i get the feeling he's not that interested in the central idea at all yeah, he's not. He's not interested in time travel. Look at the fucking method for it. Mm. It's just like, oh, whatever. We need time travel. Just <laughs> yeah, you know, just get in a cupboard and clench your fists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's not that interested in it. And I honestly would swear, and I might be stealing this from somewhere because I feel like I've heard someone else say it, but it feels like a Beatles film written by someone who's literally heard that Beatles number one compilation, and that's it. Yeah. You know, it, it, Alan Partridge going through my mind. You know, I <laughs> the think best I of the Beatles. Yeah. The best of the Beatles. There's no insight. There's no anything to it. And I just think, well, why did you make a film about the Beatles if you're not fucking interested in exploring it? Because the answer to that is he's making something for the broadest, uh, uh, broadest, um, most feel-good film for the broadest audience possible. Mm. In the same way that like Bow Rap is a far less challenging film than like Rocket Man is. Um, and I think it, it ends up like really, really damaging the, the film because it would have been so much more interesting that like if the Beatles came along now and we'd never heard the Beatles, but everything yeah. its influence was still there, would the Beatles be a big thing now? If they came along now, would there really be this is the greatest music of all time, which the film presents it as without question, without reservation, apart from one Coldplay joke, literally which tells you the age of the guy writing it in a lot of ways. Mm. What's a popular band or Coldplay, right? Um, so, and I just think it would have been so much more interesting if, if it had come back, the Beatles were coming back and it just hit the public in a completely different way now because we were in a different era. And may, maybe it wouldn't have the same effect or maybe it would just have a different effect. Yeah. But of course, that's not what he's interested in making. But then I at least thought he would demonstrate like his love for that band, and I didn't. I didn't feel it at all. You know, you've just heard a compilation album. You know they've made a, a film. That you know they've made uh, music about some places in Liverpool, so you need to show that, and everybody knows Hey Jude. And you know, one of the jokes was Ed Sheeran's in it, 
Fucking hell. But anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not, you know. To, to, to do the next Bond theme? Well, <laughs> Apparently. No, I actually no. don't give a shit. I don't care. You know, like. I, I, I think you could, it, you could probably write it or produce it, but. I don't. I, I don't care I, I really don't. Didn't I sing don't it. have an opinion on him but people who seem to dislike him it's like James Corden syndrome so everyone is just like you know it's not enough to like fucking dislike him but you want like his firstborn maimed as well <laughs> you know and it, uh, I just don't I don't feel I don't that much he's not very good yeah but people like didn't do you see him on fucking Twitter again he's just getting like, oh it I don't rest. follow I'm sorry. It's all right, but it's just like sometimes I just think like give it a fucking rest. Mute. But mute. like no, look at mute. He's a nice guy, but it is just like you bang on about stuff a bit sometimes, and that's one thing. But it's like um, I mean, he's still moaning about Spectre. It's fucking years ago. Oh, but like mute. But the <laughs> point is, the point is like if it's Ed Sheeran, fine. In this film, he's not an actor. You can see he's not an actor, and it shows. He's playing himself. Well, one of the jokes in it is he makes him change "Hey Jude" to "Hey Dude," and it's like. <laughs> That's a joke from Peggy Sue Got Married. She loves you, ooh, 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 he changes it to. In Peggy Sue Got Married. It's the same joke in a slightly different flavour. From 20 or 30 years ago. Um, Over we go. Well, it's not an unpleasant film. Richard Curtis films never are. They're easy enough. Hey, you know? it, it does surprise me because, like... The the feel the feel that I mean I I've not seen it obviously. I I'll don't just, watch that I'll, though and think please bring back Black Adder though. I'll uh, I'll, I'll reset. I haven't seen it so I, I so I didn't know so that 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 kind of surprised because oh, I remember look I'm, forward I, to me saying all that again on the summer review. I I remember I remember seeing like the the Doctor Who episode that Rich Curtis wrote and it was basically just a big love letter to uh, Vincent Van Gogh and I just thought. I bet this is just going to be a big love letter to the Beatles. That's all this is going to be. Just be like, it is. Just be like, oh hey, how how great the Beatles is. And there's like, um, apparently, probably spoiler. Apparently, there is a scene with uh, John Lennon. And I just thought, yeah, I thought it would be. But that's jaw droppingly fucking. And I just thought, like, oh, I've just got to tell John Lennon how much he me he he meant to me because, like, you know, uh, I, I and I just think. That's the most cringiest, cheesiest fucking things in the world you could do. It's just fucking awful. And it almost like ab- uh, absolves him of what he's doing in the film because, well, look, John Lennon got to survive and live a life mm. he enjoyed. Like, fuck off. And I always have a problem with anything that paints like John Lennon as some fucking wise sage anyway. Oh, yeah, true. Why? Because he he's a bellend. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Dave are in sync there. <laughs> I knew that I'd promote that, promote that Very talented bellend, but like, he, he wasn't some font of fucking wisdom. I mean, well, I mean, I mean oh, the, the, the guy like, like spouted about like, oh, world peace and and love and all that. It's, yeah, you you kind of like, you you, you fuck. Really, but I'm just going to ignore you and watch the film because I quite like well, the yeah, film. Well, you talk about a guy who literally just like, you know, he, he left his wife and, and, and kids with nothing. You know, do, do you know what I mean? It's like, he, he, the guy... I'm not really bo- contributing much because I'm just watching the film. Apologies, everybody. Well, well basically, privately, the guy was absolutely massive bellend on, on every count. So, um, there you are. So. Yeah. Anyway. But I, feel, but I feel about, like, Muhammad Ali the same way. I was a huge fan of Muhammad Ali. Love him as a fighter. Found him extremely funny. But people talk about like about about you know about him like there was some fucking wisdom in the guy. He had an IQ of seventy eight. Let's not get carried away. 
it's the celebrity thing. It's one of the things that, yeah. that irritates me about it because like people like look to celebrities if they like and actors as if they. Oh, they, I love. I've, I they do have, have to interrupt to go. I have to interrupt to go to the film at one point there because Tim just pulled a face that was like I'm right browned off. <laughs> <laughs> compared to the scene where he swears earlier yeah we do have to get back get back to like talking about actually Bond yeah. <laughs> and we just talked over like what the, the most did, the, the, big, did, the biggest well. set piece of the film we did well we ignored the brilliant first act and the denouement <laughs> but all the boring stuff in the middle we commentated on <laughs> so no problem Look at that. That would break your fucking spine. <laughs> I think they should change it up by having Roger Moore be the stuntman in this. Uh, if, you know, if I'm not going to play Bond anymore, I'd be the stunt double. So every time it cuts into action, it's like a really old man. And as, as he lands, it's like Umi prostate. I don't know if he actually have sounds like that in... Uh over there but I do I do like it's very bonding just to sort of like just come off a store like that go like ah oh, I know I know a good place there let's go <laughs> let's make dinner <laughs> yeah I just felt instinctively when he was looking for a restaurant he wasn't going to head to Islamabad <laughs> <laughs> not to do the place down but it just doesn't have that ring of like fine dining I know a place does a cracking kebab there. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, cracking Yeah, and, and everywhere he's gone, he's had a fine dining experience. You don't ever get, oh, I had an ice cream there. Just Judo punch. Judo From punch. a van, it was all right. Isn't? Yeah. The two ladies who did nothing. Thing is, that fake out bit earlier in the film wasn't really a fake out because all the fake ones look so fake. Yeah. <laughs> if you stand Joe John people. Baker in the middle, it's clearly that's him. Oh, look at the fun he's having! He's on a good old time. <laughs> it's behind you. See, why, why didn't he just kill him? Yeah, exactly. Why did you shoot him? I mean, he does have got to stand heroically for a while. <laughs> Legs apart. Magical powers were revealed to me the day I held <laughs> my mouth for PPK and said, "I have the power." Oh my God, there's a crossover I'd like to see. It's always bothered me about He-Man. Magical powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my sword and said, "By the power of Grace." Why did you do that then? What what made you think I'll give this a crack? He was whispered to you by a wizard, say, "Hey, hey, man, hey, Prince Adam, if you do this, was it actually wizard? magical powers would be revealed to you?" Yeah, it's all in the backstory. Look at it. Great if it was the nineteen seventies band Wizard that told you <laughs> that. I've always wondered why. I also think there's like a hidden subtext: the fact that he always wears pink. What he man? Yeah. Well, well, no, it's, Adam. it's more the fact his pants are quite furry. <laughs> He's very good friends with uh, Man at Arms. Yeah. See, see he's, wear, he's wearing um, a suit that's basically bulletproof, but it has it doesn't make him like go back at all. Like he just takes like bullet shots and just just bounce off him. But but in fact, you'd be a little bit taken back by him at least. 
Yeah, it's not protected all of him as well. But there you go. I, I, to paraphrase uh, Dave Lister, I am completely unsmoking grippid <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I love the film, but the, this bit is just like, oh, this is a shit villain. Just get him sorted. Just get him done with. Oh, it's quite tense. We've had <laughs> the much. It's quite tense. Okay. Yeah, but he's, he's got to pay off the uh, the keychain though. Yeah, you got to do that. Haven't you got to. You imagine if like his lips were too dry now, and it was like. Yeah, the truth. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Morning, contains raspberries. See, wouldn't this work better if there was Yogi? It probably would. Well, Yorgi does appear in a minute. Exactly. He just turns up and gets arrested. But it would be better if it was... Well, it Bob. I believe it's time to arrest me. In that voice. Yeah. I like the fact that he jogs in as well. never noticed that before. He literally jogged in then, Yorgi. He does. Do, 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 do. was meant to be Gogol this but he wasn't well enough but then the actor lived for about another nine years afterwards so I don't know no he's quite poorly what, but then I d- I don't, to live another thousand years what, what was wrong with Walter Gottel do we know without looking no he was ill okay he might have just thought I'm just getting too old for it well, he, saw, he, saw the, he saw the script and saw how much standing up there was <laughs> well you did, needed to sit down <laughs> hang on a minute what happened to all the blowjobs he, he was quite tall though as well so. Get Dave Bonding for a script polish. Uh, what? I think he's. Well, yeah, he is. Wouldn't that ruin the sound of bullet hole? That's John Barry conducting, by the way. Yes. Back I think I was he drunk or something during the scene. Um, well, I just remember we, we said in the review that John Barry was in it, and Chris said, Where? There he is. Like, conducting. Yeah. You knew where he was, but I, don't, I remember Chris couldn't remember. Isn't there some scene where he's conducting and he's actually drunk, or the, the story goes that he's inebriated somehow? See, uh, because I'm completely naive about conductors, I'm not actually sure what they do. They go, Oh, he was a brilliant conductor, and it's like, ah, just stand at the They conduct the band. When you're playing in a band, you have to pay attention to the conductor so you know where you are. Right. I'm going to let. Okay. I'm going to forward your message on to Warren Ringham of Key the Music. Yeah, don't bother. And send you his reply. I'm just curious, but I'm not that curious. No, I'm going to message him and then I'll send you his reply. There's a vital part in the band. And it's very important. Yeah, I'm sure it is, because, like. Basically, if they were stood up the front just waving their hands around and it was all a bit of a con, I think we'd have well, found out. We have to know the timing then. of it as well, so it's all dictated. Here he is, the man, the man oh, himself. Oh, made it off the road. Yeah, he was well enough to make like a cameo, but that was it. And in oh, they come. The th- Taliban are here! <laughs> <laughs> Shh, they're not called that in the film. Rogue and horses. Yeah, yeah, just fucking let them in. <laughs> they're not called that in the this- don't leave him alone in the lose, though. Be taking your shoes off in many in twenty, thirty years' time. Thanks to these guys. 
Like, they still walk, like coming in with like the guns and <laughs> the shag around their necks. We don't know what weapons they've got. Well, what did you fucking sell them? <laughs> Check the receipts. Oh, he's done her a couple of wanked off non <laughs> How romantic. I'd love it if a couple of eggshells there. <laughs> and like a little one of those things to separate out, separate out the yolks. <laughs> Open can of sardines. <laughs> and two olives. For decoration. I can't imagine drinking Ooh, anything worse. Just sounds like the awful thing in the world. We'd have to, though, wouldn't we? <laughs> I don't. I mean, if we had like a, a meet-up event or something, we'd have to fucking serve this shit now. <laughs> Although Chris could get away with the dry wine spritzer because he dropped that line, so it'd be right. Oh, save we'd myself. Have a go, I, I wonder if anyone of this has actually ever. You, you said that they. they you see, someone, someone, ma- so, yeah, someone, someone made one. Say, yeah. I wonder if they tried it. I don't know if they drank it. I mean, I probably wouldn't advise drinking. No, I mean, do you any harm? It would be horrible, but it wouldn't do you any harm. <laughs> also, you'd have to get the egg whites just right, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so there we are. Obviously, you swap the uh, you swap the vodka for ice cream soda if you want a, a virgin blanked off, not finger. So we are living daylights. So, um, mm, yeah, we have I'm to do a vegan version somehow. I don't think we'll be able to do that, but <laughs> just just drink a cup of martini. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised we didn't mention the fact that this is nearly Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, um, we talked about it in review. Pierce Brosnan was cast first, but he wasn't the first choice. Tim Dalton was cast around this. Sam Neill was was liked by most people, except Cubby Broccoli didn't want him, and obviously he was the key voice in all of that. I've seen Sam Neill's um, screen test. Uh, Pierce Brosnan screen tested as well. Timothy Dalton was offered the role, but he was off making Brenda Starr, a film which famously took 68000 at the box office off a 16 million budget. Oh, God. Um, and didn't get released for years either because it was caught up in various litigation. Uh, so they then went to Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan said yes, uh, but he had a 60-day cooling-off period, effectively, on Remington Steel, which had been cancelled. They had 60 days to re-option it. And somewhere in the last couple of days, they did, uh, because the ratings had gone up because everyone was watching it because the new James Bond was in it. <laughs> and of course, as soon as he had to drop out of that, the ratings dropped away again. They made six further episodes, and that was it. So he went and did it. Assuming okay. these films had come out anywhere near as good with Dalton. See, Brosnan always says, well, I was more suited to it later on because I was older and all the rest of it. That may be true. But I would take these. T- I would take the two Timothy Dalton films over any of Brosnan's. Mm. Had it been the other way round, Bro- he'd have got more bang for his buck doing these two than the four he did. But there you go. It is what it is. It turned out they both got to play the role, so I don't feel too bad. And I'm cl- I may not be his biggest fan, but I'm glad Brosnan got to play the role. 
after being after having that happen to him, I'm so glad he got to play. Yeah, the after lot. everything he kind of went through and seemed yeah. like he nearly had it within his grasp, only for him to come along and say, "No, you're going to do it doing." You're going to be doing Remington Steel. Remington Steel for yeah. the next God knows how many times, and yeah, literally he had it within his grasp, and it just wasn't if it wasn't for that clause in his contract. Anyway, in a nutshell, because I haven't heard from Warren yet, <laughs> conductor from Classic FM. Out. Service as a messenger for the composer. It's their responsibility to ensure um, that I don't drop my phone. To understand the music and convey it through gesture, gesture so transparently that the musicians and the orchestra understand it perfectly. Um, so it's a deal so, of so they're up the front, the feet of so the they're up the front, like dancing around a bit and going, "It's a bit like this." To the audience, definitely. <laughs> so, so what's the? We got. I've got to convey how this feels. So, a bit like this. Do do do. Yes, but it's also until you've got to keep the time as well. Obviously, how they wave the baton is done in the same Just hold up a watch. Beg your pardon? Just hold up a watch. No, not really. <laughs> wave, dance around a bit, hold up a Rolex. No, not quite the same. <laughs> I don't think I'd be a very good conductor. It's about how, you know, you've got to find the right pattern, the right shape. Does the pointy stick help? help? Couldn't they do it all a pointy like, stick. Pointy stick. Couldn't they do it by throwing some shapes? Do it by throwing a pointy stick in your direction, in your eye. Ah! I'd, I'd keep time after that. Into the first pursuit. I can't see. Yeah. We're not experts. I don't know if that's coming across. This is from Classic FM, don't you know? Classic FM. The oh. very echelon. <laughs> the very echelon, eh? All right. Okay. Um, I, th- I think next time we do a Bond film, we should pick one that's a little less great. This is a fun fact. <laughs> Later, as instruments were invented... No, as more instruments were invented and orchestras grew in size, the favour shifted to using a big staff that leaders would pound on the ground to keep time. This was very effective because the musicians could hear it. But then a composer named Nolly stabbed himself in the foot, got gangrene, <laughs> and died. So people looked for other ways to conduct the music. This was um, 700 BC. All right. And that's now why they end up with a baton. Fair enough. Well, you just use, your, use your hand. <laughs> wave your hand around. Just wave your fingers around a bit. But don't have a big stick, all right? Otherwise, you'll get gangrene and die. Thing is, right? It's Chris's Bond film choice next, right? <gasps> and we know what that is because he's told us privately. And I know what my choice is after that. And I can say comfortably the next two Bond films are not very good. <laughs> I think I know which one the next one's going to be. Yeah. Although it'll be it'll be funny with our comments though. So we'll we'll make it worth your while listening. Oh no I don't mind doing bad Bond films that's that's cool that's alright that's good fun but um yeah I really uh, enjoyed that that was a good film we're finished with Timothy Dalton though that's it four years into our podcast almost to the month and we're finished with Timothy Dalton that's it oh. we, we we wash our hands of you sir oh well you might do but I don't mournfully of course mournfully yeah I'll be looking forward to enjoying him in future TV productions. Such as? I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> the new one. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> the one where he plays the chief. The one where he plays the chief? I'm picturing an Indian. Wow. It's a bit like, it's a bit like, um, Alec Guinness is uh, casting me. in Lawrence of Arabia. Who do you think? Um, do you think it's either going to be Craig or um, Bosnian who you think is going to be a bit more of the Bond ambassador following? Neither that? of them. Neither of them. 
They're both working actors for whom it's a role they loved it. But I mean, Brosnan's been out of the role for nine, 17 years now, and he's never done anything particularly since. He turned up to do everything mm-hmm. or nothing, but you know, he, he, he and Daniel Craig, I, I know I can't. I think, I, I mean, I think if you think back to when it was 40 years old, the year of Die Another Day, they all appeared with the exception of Connery, who wouldn't cross the road for James Bond. Um, but they all appeared on like Parkinson. You know, and they all took their turn to talk about it. If you get to like, I don't know, 60, 70 years and Brosnan and Craig are both alive and well. Yeah, I think they turn up for it. I think they've got enough gratitude to the role and all the rest of it. But I don't see them like staying involved per se. Not particularly, mm. no. I think, and, it, yeah. and it's right and proper because it's somebody else's role. And I think Craig would cast a big shadow, particularly when he's still not that old. With 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 um, Roger Moore, he was so old by the time he finished that there's no threat from still having him in the camp. Yeah, yeah, you know true. what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, no, I, I don't see it that way. I think Moore was a very specific case, and uh, you know, I just think that's just the kind of guy he was, and he he just loved the role, absolutely loved the role, or his interpretation of the role anyway. Because uh, it doesn't bear a lot of... It, it's not got much in common with many of the others that played it, to be honest. But it was it definitely his. On, definitely his, yeah. It was his, for sure. It's just that it went on so long. I mean, I, I I may not be the biggest fan anyway, but if he'd stopped after, like, Moonraker. For Your Eyes Only, I'd feel a bit better about it. And if you took... If For Your, if for your Eyes Only, maybe, you know, if you took out a couple of the earlier ones that aren't that good, like Man with the Golden Gun or something, and maybe like For Your Eyes Only was his fourth or something, I think, well, that's a pretty decent run. You know what I mean? But mm. because he, sta- he stayed around, he was just ludicrous in the end, just because I think even if he'd been able to have a go at some of the stunt work, I'd be a little bit more... Pr- it's just watching him go up the Eiffel Tower, and there's <laughs> shots where you go... I do <laughs> not. Under- I literally work. do not understand why you've got a stuntman for that shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are like insurance like, purposes as well. It might. It might be like, oh, we just need to like, pick a few shots. Of Roger, Roger's in there. Oh, I find we'll just get the the stunt guy then. But I, I just love that that how did this get made episode where where Jason Manzuka says every time you see a man doing something, <laughs> it's not him. <laughs> He's trying to explain <laughs> how to tell the difference between him and the stuntman, and he says, "Every time you see a man doing something, it's not him." <laughs> just like it's just like you've you've got, and the hair was ridiculously stiff and all that because it was thinning, so they had to arrange it and spray it heavily. And then they cast him up up against like young women like Tanya Roberts, and it's just like this doesn't look right. This I, doesn't. I, look I right can't wait to get into that again. View to kill. View to a kill. Yeah, funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so that's uh, that's it until next time, which won't be too long because we've got quite a, a short series. Yeah, we got uh, we got what we're going to announce coming up, but it's it's fair enough to say in just over a month we'll be doing Chris's choice. Yes, so it won't be too long at all. Which and I can't uh, wait for that one as well. So um, which leads to our next series, which means Becca. Oh, social media, uh, fucking hell. Uh, I, was gonna say, you forgot. I forgot social media, yes, you can find me at Cinematronics on Twitter, one. you can find uh, the uh, the all the shows at Cinematronics.co.uk, or you can find it all on Spotify, uh, Apple, 
and uh, Google or there. All the sh- all the shows. All the shows. One day you'll be able to find all the westerns there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, that that's it, Dave. Uh, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. And you can find us at Expect Us to Talk on Twitter. Okay, on to a new series, Becca, which means... I'll buy that for a dollar. Yay! I'm excited. Hey! Hey! I'm excited. You're excited as Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I am. He's not even in this series. But yes, do you expect to talk? We'll return with our review series of Robocop. <laughs>